From downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we uh, salute the virtual console as it gets lowered into the ground. Officially. Officially. And while we're at it, I must destroy my minish shame. Can't handle all this emotion. virtual console is that the emotion engine from a sony or didn't they have like a processor that's called the emotion <laughs> processor i can't handle the ps2 <laughs> 20 years later i just remember the uh the original was it p i think it was the ps4 where they, they just showed that guy's head and they're like mm-hmm. can you see his sadness the sadness in his eyes look at his wrinkles he looks so old i'm like what this is dumb <laughs> they were just like he'll never be a real boy yeah he's like trying to it's like you can feel the emotion from this guy i'm like um and then they filled up a, a duck with or a bathtub with rubber ducks. Maybe that was PS3. <laughs> I don't know. I, that the, the guy's head was PS4. I, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 363. Your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about the way the way things were with the Virtual Console, which is officially officially ending on the 27th. RIP 20, 2006 to 2023, which which is Sunday. I know the virtual. The, I know the Wii Virtual Console has already gone away, but the last me- remnants of it, you know, the 3DS Virtual Console and the Wii U Virtual Console are going, are you know, coming to an end. So that means no more Virtual Console at all for Nintendo yep. systems. It's gone. You can't buy. It wasn't a continuous shop among all three. I mean, it was practically speaking, in spirit speaking, you know, it was the same idea where they had games for sale and, and bring old games back that you may have forgotten about or may have not even known. And uh, going forward, Nintendo's just not doing it that way anymore. They're doing the NSO, and that's how you get your old games now. So, you yep. know, RIP to the uh, VC. I'm very, very, I don't know. I find it odd that they that they turned off everything for the 3DS because, man, they've got such a huge install base with that thing. It's a great, It's a great little system. I uh I, I feel reg- so much regrets of where I placed it on my on my list from that Patreon episode way back when. But whatever, it's 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 a wonderful handheld. I'm still playing the crap of it. But people are probably wondering who I who we are. So let's introduce ourselves. I'm Trey Camarocho, property manager Johnson. I'm Jeremy Resident Evil Oat Mikowski. I'm John Wispy Knitter. <laughs> Wispy, yeah, I forgot you got the Resident Evil boat game finally. About damn time. That's a great game. So let's start off our show as we normally do and talk about what we bought and what we've been playing. I have like a ton of shit. So why don't you, either of you guys talk and then I'll talk later. On, Jeremy. I'll start. So right after we finished recording last week, I beat Fusion. I said I was going to pretty quickly after that. Oh, yeah. Didn't you didn't realize how close I was to the end. So yeah, the next play of it that I did, I beat it. So. And I beat it in just over five hours, which is five and totally a half hours. That's a uh, that's great. 
It's a great time. Yeah, it had a lot to do with uh, uh, rewinds and safe states. But you know what? I had a blast with it. Having beaten it before, I felt no shame about using those features. And it made a lot of the like falling off the platforms and stuff a lot less annoying. And, you know, sometimes you have to retrace several rooms of steps if you fall through those certain blocks that regenerate above your head when you fall through them. And oh, yeah. All those fuckers. So, yeah, I mean, I was so happy to be able to just rewind and <laughs> fix those kinds of things. And I mean, sometimes I would just let myself, you know, bash my head against the wall a little bit old school style but it was nice to be able to even after all that i could just go back to a to a save point you know a save state before that and uh yeah there was only one point where i accidentally like i screwed up a save state one time and then reset the game and i for and i didn't realize that would also take the save the most recent save back i think i don't know if that's the case but it did that and uh i ended up having to go through a whole section of the game again like it wasn't a huge part but it was when i went and got the I think it was the, uh, whatever the space, not the space jump, but the one where you can keep jumping. That's the space jump. Oh, yeah. So it was that one that I had to go get twice because I screwed up uh, a save point. But no, uh, it's great. I like all the, like, all the cinematics and stuff look great on the big screen, you know? Um, that game just looks really nice. So, yeah, I played a lot of that the last week and then... Played a tiny bit of it just to just to see it on the big screen. And yeah, it does look great. And I was thinking about what you were saying about Rewind, like... The rewind, rewind must have really, really helped for the SA, SAX stuff. Like, oh yeah, because some of those parts, like there was one part, like kind of towards the end, where you have to like turn into a ball and go through a thing, and then turn, get out of the ball, and then jump. And I could just could not do it right. And it was yeah, really, you have to turn into a ball. You have to drop me. a yeah. You have to drop a charge bomb, and then you have to like make sure not to get hit by SAX, but you have to freeze or two, and then you have to run all the way to the left and shoot these. Um, these buttons that open up the gates in front of you and then you have to drop down and do all this crap. So yeah, that part was really hard and I used rewind a lot there. So I remember, well, I did it on Wii U. So, and I used save state and I was really actually rebought it just to play it just so I could have save states and it was worth it. It was totally worth it buying it on Wii U to, to do save states because otherwise I would have been playing on a game boy advance and I would have had to go back to wherever you saved and that would have killed me. So so yeah, I know I beat it that. once before yeah. without those features. Well, so did I. Yeah. But both, I would prefer to have the features from now on. Yeah. It just makes the whole thing like a little bit less stressful. You know, I understand originally when you were playing it, yeah, sure, it was great that you had this extra difficulty, but now when you just want to go through it again and you just don't want to get pissed and want to break your controller, just let you do rewind, you know? Well, te- tedium and difficulty nope. are not the same thing. Yeah. And most of what I've used it on was things that would have been tedious to get back to. And I know that's old school game design and that's fine, but I'm glad old school game design is like having your mom there to call you up for dinner and tell you to turn that fucking game off right now. (laughs) Your mom was about to beat the boss. That's it. So if you want to go for the authentic experience, that that would be that. But for the rest of us, we'll do the safe States. Uh, Funny, funny side story about that. Whenever um, first time I ever played a link to the past on super Nintendo, for some reason, the 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 Zelda song, the like, just reminded me of. It sounded like my mom yelling from upstairs. So every time it would do that, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, do I have to go? Oh no, it's just this song." Because that was like really the first Zelda I played was a Link to the Past. So it's like, I don't know that for some reason the main Zelda theme reminded me of my mom yelling yelling at me from upstairs. But she was not as mean as John's mom, as you said. Yeah. It wasn't like get the fuck off the get up here. No, it wasn't like that. It was just like. Hey, food. You're eating ravioli for dinner and you're opening the can with your teeth. (laughs) 
probably. No, it's yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great thing to to be able to rewind through stuff and all that. But yeah, I just tried out fusing just for a little bit at the beginning. I was like, yeah, that's a good looking game. You know, kind of just ran around a little bit and saved. I will say I wasn't as impressed by the bosses the second time around. Um, some of them were cool, but most of them were very, pretty easy. Even like not using safe states and stuff. Is that one still incredibly annoying? Like there's this one that I hate so much. The one with the melting face that has like the arms hung over and you have to like get under it, but there's like oh, yeah, that's gravity real, that, that like really pulls the missiles down so the missiles can't get to the guy's face. While, like, that one shooting still it. sucks. I hate I that guy so much. So rewind much. a lot. <laughs> I hate that fucking that. boss. That's probably one of my, that's probably one of the most, one of the bosses I hate the most out of all, out of the all worst the bosses part, of video The worst games. part about bosses like that is when you finally get through them and then you have to beat the like Metro or that, I guess not, not a Metroid, the SAX inside of it, the, the big virus blob or whatever. Oh yeah, that sucks too. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like oh, just kidding. There's more stuff to shoot, and you can die now. Still, yeah, yeah. I get so, I got so pissed about that, and it's really hard to hit because it has like that one target that moves. Yeah, and yeah, and if you don't hit it quite right, and it those won't things work. get harder and harder as you go. Like eventually, yeah. they're shooting like wave beams at you and stuff, and you gotta like dodge them, dodge them even harder. Um, they can, yeah, and they can kill you real quick too if you don't if you're not careful. But. Uh, Referencing what I said earlier about uh, Resident Evil Boat, I purchased Resident Evil Re- Revelations on Switch. Yeah. Guess what? I have not really played it, but ah. I bought it. Hey. I just I just bought it game. the other night. Um, I was just kind of thinking a lot about Resident Evil 4 and about how it's been getting really good reviews like by publications across the board. Granted, it's just a remake of a game that was already great, but then I was like, well, I heard Revelations is kind of like 4 a little bit. Uh, well, I mean... I liked Revelations a lot, but I liked Revelations because I felt like it kind of saved the Resident Evil series in a way because it kind of went, I felt like it went back more to the survival horror stuff and maybe less action, which okay. where I felt like it came Re- out around the same time as, as six, right? I think it was, it after, did. I thought it was after six, but yeah, it was kind of, yeah, I felt like, like people it, were going, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it came out very early action. in the, it, it was uh, supposed to be a return to form sort of thing. And now you're on a boat, which is kind of cool. It's like, yeah. It's sort of like Resident Evil One, but you're on a boat. You can finally move and move and shoot. You know, which mm-hmm. well, well, you could if you had the Circle Pad Pro, of course, because when it came out, you couldn't do that. But actually, I think you could do it with the touchscreen originally in the 3DS. But and it was a 3DS exclusive too, which I thought was really cool. It's like here's a 3DS game, that game that's only for 3DS. Uh, it's a new Resident Evil, but it's more like the old survival horror and less like the action stuff and. Yeah, by the time of like five and six, they had made everything way too action. Actually, I thought five was too action. Like it was trying to be an action game with the shitty with shitty controls. Is what I got from it. It's like trying to be, it's trying to be something like Uncharted, but with uh with your fingers tied together and trying to play it. You know, it always it's really, it cover. It was really annoying. But yeah, so Revelations I thought was a was like a it was great. You know, I was like oh like, yeah, let's form. make it make it more like it used to be. So hopefully you enjoy it because I, I really like that first one, and maybe you can finally beat it because I mean it was I, I never super did. cheap. So yeah, I, think I mean it's like I hope I'll beat it or something. Yeah, it's a I mean it's a pretty game. It still looks really good, and it was a it was really early on in the 3ds's life. Oh yeah, it was it was one of the first releases I think. Well, there was the there was the Mercenaries game before that, but yeah. you know that game is just Mercenaries. But it was really cool, and there was a demo. I remember there was a demo for it. You could play in 3ds, which had like a whole level in it, which was neat. Or it had like a room and some hallways or whatever. Like that was really cool. And Jill Valentine's in it. She's great. It's good to play as her again. There is like kind of a scanning mechanic that can get sort of old after a while, but and there's some flashback stuff in it, and there's some other dude that's in there. 
But it's, you know, I thought it was cool. And I, I like the whole boat, the boat feeling of it. The bad guys remind me of the, uh, uh, you know, in Resident Evil 4 towards the end, when you have to use the thermal scope on that certain enemy that, like, basically is like a formless mass that, like, kind of yeah. blobs and stuff. Yeah, the That's zombies what, are like, kind of, like, every enemy reminds me they're of. all slimy and stuff, I think. And they're, like, not, you can't just kill them by blowing their heads off. Like, yeah. They've got other shit going on where they're all gloopily, gloopy. Yeah, don't you have to find, like, a weak point or something like that? It's yeah. been a long time since I've played it. But yeah, I was just I was really impressed like with the, how well it looked on 3ds. You know, that was one of the one of the first games I really really wanted. You know, aside from like I think Mario I actually have it on I have it on 3ds. I just didn't play it very much, but I wanted to give it a try on the the big TV and see if maybe it was a little more fun that way. Yeah, I never played the HD version, like the release, the one that was released from because the only one I have is the 3ds one. So I've only played it on 3ds, but it's, it's well cool. keep keep your eyes peeled. It's cheap. When it goes on sale. Hopefully you'll like it enough and get Revelations 2, which is also excellent. Right. That's one of my favorites. But the big thing I did this week was Minish Cap, like nobody's business. Um, I've I've just, every time I've thought about going back to that game, in fact, I think I bought it on um, the Wii U. I think I own it there as well. Um, Every time I've tried to go back to that game, I just can't get past like the opening act, whatever you want to say that is like basically leading up to getting to the first dungeon and stuff like for whatever reason i just i find the gameplay fairly tedious but now that i have save states and rewind on my side um i've been playing through it with the intention of finishing it for real this time because i've never beaten this game before and i have a lot of shame about it um it's not completely my fault i didn't beat it um i could have played through it on wii u by now so it is completely my fault in that regard but when I played it on the Game Boy Advance, I was borrowing it from my friend's brother, and this was Sarah, well, Sarah my friend Sarah, and her brother David. It was his game, and uh, he just wanted it back. I just had to give it back to him, and I was like at the very, very end. I was in the last boss, I think. So I'm currently on the final level, where they say I'm, I'm at the where I get the last like oh, wow. um, thingy, and uh, I only have one item spot left in my inventory so i'm only missing one of the like how the weapons which i think it's whatever there's some weapon that makes you jump or an item that makes you jump i think that i need to get and then there's like an upgraded shield that's a mirror so i don't know if that's an upgrade to my current shield or if that's going to have its own item spot but i think there's some sort of jumping mechanic but you know going back to it i actually really like i think i like it more than i did the first few times i played it um when you shrink down it's like kind of charming to see like the details they put into this like portable game, you know, almost 20 years old at this point where you could like well, almost, it probably is 20 years old. I, re- I really uh, like, I really like that. Like where, yeah, you could see the giant grass and the acorns and stuff. There is like uh, really one cool. part I really liked where uh, to get the Pegasus boots, you have to go to like the shoe shop and they've kind of got like a, uh, you know, the, the elves making the shoes or whatever sort of scenario, like um, the, the fairy tale, whatever that's called. But, uh, and this, you like go up on the, on the desk where the the guy, or I guess it's a workbench where he's working on the shoes and he's asleep there. And you just see like the giant guy in the background while you're talking to the, the minish people. And it's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. I just like all those little details. And like, when you kind of like walk through the rafters as a minish, you could see the room down below you and they, they put a lot of detail into it, but it's got kind of like the, the parallax scrolling. So it just looks huge and like really far away. And uh, I really like that sense of scale. They were able to give it. Even though it's just on this little, you know, on this little Game Boy Advance. Yeah, it was a, a use, a, a, a um, what would you say, um, effective use of the of the 
the Toon Link style. Yeah. Well down into the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's and large, like the, large sprites. The enemies definitely look like, you know, more inspired by Wind Waker than anything else in their like sprite design. Like the, the moblins look like those moblins, you know. Yeah. And the, um, and the big, like, uh, I forget what they're actually called, but just uh, would always call them blue jellies. But the big, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like the big, the big green guys with the eyes. Like they look exactly like they do in um, in Wind Waker. Oh, the slimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't think they're called. Yeah, I, was, what, I don't. I don't know what they're called. The ones. The ones. That, I always call them jellies. Choo choo jellies. Yep. Yeah, that's what they're called. Choo choos. But there's that one boss one that you fight that's really huge that you've seen. Yeah, you'll see in like every trailer for Minish Cap, but it looks exactly like the Wind Waker ones. It's That's pretty cool. cool because the idea was like he just saw it was just a normal size bad guy that wandered into the level and then you can find him as a boss. You know they don't like make it like oh yeah because you're like smaller this turbo slime yeah, yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> just fighting a normal slime but he's you know you have to fight him differently because you're so so little and he's actually the only person that notices you being little because when you're little nobody nothing else notices you you can just walk around except for the cats they notice you they'll like swipe at you mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice little touch too they want to eat you. Um, I will say the game is a little bit tedious. Like where the TDM comes from is a lot of, it feels very similar to Link's Awakening where there's just a lot of, it's not that huge of a map, but it's restricted in such a way and you unlock it in such a way as you go that it makes it feel bigger. But at the same time, you can, you also are just kind of like, okay, well, I just want to go like right over there. And it's just one little like, you know, impassable wall. I can't eat, like there's these rocks and I can't even fly over them with like a little tornado thing. Cause you can kind of do like a gliding thing. Oh yeah. And uh, I can't even go over this like pile of rocks with this. So it's like just the, just the, uh, whatever the way they're funneling you through the game. Like it's really interesting. Um, and then like certain abilities you've kind of taken for granted as being like early things in the Zelda games. Like the torch was one of the, is like one of the last items you get in this, which is so odd. And, uh, you can actually use it as a weapon, but the way you use it is you just walk up while you have it in your hand and like make contact, which makes makes sense, but it just feels strange because that's not the way I've ever thought of using it as a weapon. Since the first Zelda, like you've actually like shot flame out in front of you with it, you know, and then there's a like you could fire a beam out of your sword, but instead of it being when you have full energy, like it's been since the first Zelda. Now it's if you're down to one heart. It's like your like uh, your like desperation move or whatever. You could start firing beams out of your sword. I kind of like that so, though. I mean, help, oh, I like help, it help too. You, uh, your last chance there, you know, give you a little bit of boost before you die. You know, I think the character designs are really cool. Um, I love the. I really actually really like the the kinstone thing, which is that kind of like um, a little puzzle thing. It's a little fetchy, fetch questy, but yeah, I thought that I thought that would be what you would say is is tedious because I know I actually I like the kinstones being kind of could be kind of annoying a little bit i think part of being lost so much when i played this game even the second time around because i didn't really want to consult anything and i only did what i only had to once and it's so dumb I, I had to bomb a wall you know it was one of those things that i kept walking past this point over and over again in the third dungeon and i just had to bomb this wall and i just felt so dumb but otherwise like i've been able to get through it just using in-game clues and stuff so I am interested to see what my final playtime is going to be. It won't be 100% accurate, but it'll be like, eh, hopefully it'll kind of reveal, you know, how how much I just get lost in games like this. Um, I just don't have like a great sense of direction, I don't think. I'll say not, not in a good way, not games. like where you get lost and you lose hours or whatever. Yeah, not like lost in, in joy, but lost in like kind of frustrated. So I was almost to the point where I looked up something else, looked up something today and then 
right before uh, I ate dinner, I uh, found the spot. So effectively, I think I'm at the final dungeon, and I'll probably have this game finished by next week. So um, I I highly recommend playing through it if you've got the you know you've got it already on your Switch already. It's a really nice little fun Zelda game to play in the meantime while you're waiting for um, waiting for Breath of the Wild too, because Tears, yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. T O T K. It's it's fun. It's it's lighthearted and uh, cartoony, and you know the hat's kind of silly, but he's not as annoying as like Navi. I like or the like, hat. Uh, or like Fee. It's like a it's yeah. like a goose. It always felt like it was like a goose mixed with the hat or whatever. Like essentially, weird, like goose beak. Although you do actually see who he originally was at one point, which I don't know if I've never beaten the game, so maybe they show it again later. But you know, he's had a curse put on him. He used to be a minish. Oh yeah. And uh, and you only see the back of him, like in the in the the flashback. You don't actually like get to see his face. So I wonder if that was intentional. Well, it had to have been, but yeah, he literally got turned into a hat after he made a special hat that made another guy really strong, his apprentice, and then his apprentice turned him into a hat. <laughs> it's it's like the uh, it's it's like how you become a Sith or something in Star Wars. Yeah. It's like you have to kill your apprentice or turn them into a hat. You know, one kill your master. That's how that's how you that's how you get through it. It looks great on on my you know sixty five inch TV. It looks awesome. It I think it translates well. The animations are really interesting. Um, there's the kid with the snot rocket coming out of his nose is in there. <laughs> of course, I uh, actually said his name. Re- reoccurring our, uh, reoccurring character. Yeah. I mentioned him in my like top favorite characters or whatever from the Zelda series, but it was kind of a tongue in cheek because I actually hate him. But uh, it's very gross. He's in there. Uh, I think the. Uh, the mini game guy is kind of in there, but he doesn't look the same. So I don't think it's the same guy. But he has the same kind of attitude where he's like, "I don't really want to be doing this. Like, <laughs> I don't want to really run this game. Are you sure you don't just want to like leave?" And uh, there's some good writing in it. And the like I said, the minish stuff, the the tiny stuff is kind of funny. You know, I think that was a way to to stretch out the game. And they've always got to sort of have this parallel thing going in all these old school games. So. Um, it's kind of the the light dark world is the big world and the small world mm. in this game. Well, wasn't this one like considered one of the first in the timeline too? I, I remember that being. I like, think so. Yeah, where where Minish Cap was like one of the first ones, which I, I don't know why, but it was like a, it was right by uh, Twilight Princess or whatever. It was how he got his cap. You can't even start Zelda, you know, to talk about his cap. So I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there that link got the cap or whatever, but I thought it was yeah, I thought it was a really cool uh, handheld game at the time. You do talk to a ghost of one of the kings of Hyrule, and he's like, "I'm from a really long time ago, pretty much." So you know yeah. that the history of Hyrule goes before this, but sure. that doesn't mean this, the history of Link starts with Hyrule. I, I thought about doing uh, you know, doing like a countdown to Tears of the Kingdom and playing through, you know, all of the Zelda, all the Zelda portable games because I have all of them. In some in some fashion, you know. Well, at this point, I'm waiting until uh, Oracle's games come to the PC or come to the Switch to play those. I, I have both of them on 3DS. Like I didn't even remember that I bought I them. Too. Like they're already on there. Uh, I have them on 3DS. Uh, I have I have the the two DS games on my Wii U. Didn't even buy them this time. Like they I got them whenever they came out. Uh, Minish Cap multiple on Wii U and like cartridge and on the Switch. You know, and Link's Awakening is on there too. It's like I have all of these portable zeldas you know i have a link to the past like downloaded to my 3ds also you know bought that when it came out and i was like or link between worlds i mean um but i was like i have all these games i could just i could just like just play zelda portable and just do that and just try to just like go from one to another to another i could even start with like link's awakening and go from there. i could probably go back to go chrono- go chronologically or something i could probably go back to uh 3ds well it's already it could be a fun one to do 
Wait, what's the one on the 3DS called again? I just forgot. Link Between Worlds? Link Between Worlds, yeah. yeah. I could probably play through that again. That was fun. Yeah, that, I, I like I like that game played. a lot. I, I like Link Between Worlds a lot. Like uh, I've heard people say it's one of the best 3DS games. I don't know. That'd be it'd be interesting to make a 3DS tier list or whatever because I think there's a lot of really good 3DS games. But that one's really good. But yeah, I was like, uh, I thought about, I was like, I have all these Zelda portables. I should just like play some of them because I was waiting on Mission Minish Cap to maybe get a little bit closer to Tears of the Kingdom release. But I don't know. Maybe I'll just pull the gun. Uh, just pull the trigger on Link's Awakening, Game Boy Color, and just start there and see. And even though I can never get through those games because, like you were saying, Jeremy, with Minish Cap. Like the way that the worlds are structured, where you feel like you can just go right, but you got to go like up and left and around. Like that always really annoyed me, even yeah. with the remake of Link's Awakening. I was like, does this have to be like this? Does this have to be like this unplayable? Like, like just because it was made this way for the Game Boy, because it's really irritating. And I never even made it through the remake. So, so yeah, I think although the Game Boy Advance is heralded as being like, you know, kind of the rebirth of the Super Nintendo, so to speak. This feels more like a game, like, you know, a souped up Game Boy Zelda game than it feels like a console quality one, I would say. It's still fun, though. It's great. I think that some of the items are pretty fun. I really like the, uh, there's an item that, like, flips things over, which seems really stupid at first. But then eventually you learn you can, like, shoot it into holes and then it turns them into, like, things that catapult you up and I just I don't know I like some of the items in it the uh, the gust jars in this oh I, I love the, the, the gust jar was so cool like I thought that was really neat like that was yeah, one of my favorite really items cool. and uh, there's a magic boomerang that you can control it in the air after you throw it which I got uh, I just got recently you have to you have to get all the tingle kin stones for that to work oh tingles in it too yeah tingle and his three brothers and say his cousins and all that in there David Junior I thought that was so funny so after seeing all these like. All these different, like, fantastical names in the Kinstone screens because it'll show the name of the character. Tingle and, and Tangle have, and Tongle. And no, one of them's David just Jr. called David Jr., yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other the other thing you have on your list here uh, is one that I have also. Yeah, I was going to say before we talked about it. it. Or I guess we could talk about it. I mean, sure, yeah, Kirby 2. I wanted to play some of Kirby's Dreamland 2, and, uh, and I just sat and played through it in one night, and I got to the third set of levels, and then I played... A little bit more the other day and got to the fourth set of levels, but that's how far I've made it. Uh, I, there is a part that was really hard. Oh, it's it's a it's much harder than the first one. Like, and and what I realized is a lot of times like having the animal friends doesn't help you. Like, no, it's, it's I don't really actually just, like the animal friends. It's best to just ditch, ditch your animal friends because especially when you get to the auto scrolling levels, the auto scrolling levels are the worst. Like I've died so yeah. many times on those. Because you keep That's getting, you keep getting this... caught like on the wall, and it's like, dee, 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 and I'm like, ugh. But but yeah, I would rewind it. But then I, but then you ditch the animal, and then it's much easier. I've actually a lot of the bosses I kind of played without even using the copy abilities. I would just play the boss the way it was supposed to be played, like by sucking up the stars, and because it because it takes off more hit points, like to do that yeah. versus the oh, copy yeah, abilities. So I, a lot of them I played like that. Plus, it kind of like makes it a little bit. Because it doesn't, because you, you barely do any damage with whatever copy ability you have. So I kind of just was just like, fuck it, and I'll just use the stars. But no, I, I like I like Kirby Streamland too a lot. Like I thought it was great. It's like much bigger than the first one. It's definitely much harder. Like I play, I died plenty times, <laughs> multiple times. Uh, of course, I used the rewind, so it made it a lot bit, a lot easier. But I don't think I've ever played this game like at all. Like if I had it as a kid, I think I would have gotten tired of it because I would have gotten sick of dying i mean i thought when i was a kid i thought uh, mario land 2 was hard so i obviously would have not liked this one because it's much harder than mario land 2 is so so yeah but I, but i got all the way through I, I beat it i beat day 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 
And then there's an extra thing after Day Day Day. So I went back and I collected all the rainbow items or whatever they're called. Um, and I, I looked at a guide, obviously, because I can't find those on my own. And you need specific copy abilities and sometimes animals as well to get to wherever they're at. But there's one for every stage. And then you collect all of them and then you beat Day 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 again. And then you get a special sword that takes you to a special boss. And the boss is completely different. Like, you're both floating in the air, and you have a sword, and you have to kind of dodge him and, like, attack him from the back with your sword. And that was really cool. And that was also really hard, too. Like, even with Rewind. Like, because there's no checkpoints at all in this, you know? And you have to beat the guy. He has, like, at least two forms and all that. And Yeah, I would have never gotten through it without without Rewind. But, no, it was it was a lot of fun to play. Like, uh, bring bring me all the Kirbys. Just keep, just keep bringing them. Keep bringing them to me. I, I have a feeling they will. I eat them up. I eat them all. Kirby has been a pretty huge staple of Nintendo with Smash and all. You know, like it's just part of the DNA of Nintendo now. Because I didn't, you know, with the Wii U going down, I didn't buy any of the Kirby Game Boy Advance games that I wanted to play because I figured they'll show up on Switch. Like, so I'm just like, I'll, I'll just wait and I'll play them there because I'll be excited to play them. But yeah, no, Kirby Two was was really good. And then I tried Kirby 3 on Super Nintendo, and I still don't like that game. <laughs> I just I, I can't get into it. I don't know. the arts. I don't like the art style, and it, and it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like a Kirby game. I don't know. Maybe they had a different developer on it, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the other ones, even though apparently Samus shows up at some point, so that's cool. But I beat, yeah, I beat Kirby 3 in Land 2, and you should keep playing it, Jeremy. It's a great game. It oh. is It is totally difficult, though. Like, those auto-scrolling levels, uh, they suck. The one, and you probably are going to know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's, it's an underwater one where you're, like, going through, like, essentially, like, pipes. And, and there's all these enemies that are perfectly positioned to where you're going to run into them if you don't move at the last second. Like, the, the you're just going to get pushed right into it with the way it scrolls. And oh, yeah, yeah. It. And I had to rewind that a lot just to get through it. Also, I would, uh, when I was when I was trying to get the secret things for each, like, level set, I realize that when you're underwater and you lose your and you get hit by somebody and you lose your copy ability, you can't get it back because when you're underwater, you don't you can't do the suck ability because you're just blowing oh, water right. at people. So you automatically lose whatever you have if you get hit in the water. So that sucks too. So you have to like go back and try to not and yeah, it's way harder. Like I feel like they maybe they heard that Kirby Streamland One was easy, so they're like let's just let's just like put the pedal to the metal on the second one here and just like let's give it like seven worlds and like. You know, do all these like auto scroll levels that auto kill you, like if you're not in the right spot. And I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of kind of cheap deaths in this one where they're like, all right, we're going to fuck you up this time. It, it does feel that way. But yeah, it was probably welcomed at the time um, because the people that have been playing Kirby were a little older. I mean, it came out three or four years after the first one. So um, I remember it coming out. Like I remember playing it at Hills, not Hills. Uh, wait, yeah, it was Hills. And they had a, uh, you know, the deluxe Game Boy setup where you could see it on the tv it wasn't like super new game boy but maybe it was though because maybe that that came out after the super game boy so maybe it was the super game boy setup but yeah it i remember being really impressed as a kid and then you know when we got kirby superstar it kind of felt like that game except without the animal buddies so i guess that is that the only one that had the animal buddies three they're in three the super three Nintendo also one. Has them. okay the first time i, I just like that the hamster's name was rick i thought that was yeah. funny. it wasn't like chompers or you know mr scurry or whatever it was or like rick, or the hamster. yeah they yeah. kind they kind of all have like normal human names or whatever like i think the i think the the fish is called buster or something like that like it's they they all have like they, their names aren't like don't really because i because i was trying to like you know look at a kirby guide like you need this guy for this one and and it's like you need the owl for this, but the name doesn't sound like an owl name. His name name isn't like Hootie or whatever. 
his name's like Brad or something like Blofer. that. It's, it's, it's like doesn't really, <laughs> it, it like doesn't like have anything to do with it. Darius I mean, Rucker. I mean, I'm making up a. Uh, I'm making up names for it, but it's like, but but really, that you wouldn't look at that and be like, oh yeah, that's an owl. Like you, yeah, it's like, uh, but yeah, the things you need to get for like all the extra stuff is really annoying because it's like you need the owl to like go against because there's wind levels too that like push you all the way to the side and you need the owl to like fly against the wind and all that. And, but it, yeah, it was fun. And uh, I, I mentioned last week that I was upset that it didn't have the uh, Super Game Boy abilities on it, and it doesn't. Like I, because I watched footage of the actual colors. For the Super Game Boy, for playing it on the Super Game Boy, and it looks much different than what's on the Switch. So that's that's a missed opportunity. It's almost like it's an aesthetic to do it as Super Game Boy in the settings, but it's not an actual Super Game Boy. Interesting. There's no setting in the settings. It's just a Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, what? and Game Boy Color, but not Super oh, Game is it? Boy. Oh, I thought the Super Game Boy was one of them. For yeah, no, it's Game Boy Color that, or well, it's it's Game Boy. What is it? Yeah, no, it's Game Boy Color, the one that gives some color to it. But if, but the Game Boy Super Game Boy gave even more color to it because I watched some footage of it, and the Game Boy Color one, the color palette will actually change depending on what level you're at as to what would look better for the level. Like there's so much more complexity to cool. to the way the colors change and all that, and it had a cool background, you know. So I would like to see that. But aside from beating that one, I also beat quote unquote the way I consider beating a game. I beat Tetris on Game Boy, regular Game Boy. And the way that I consider beating Tetris, and you can, you know, at me or respond or whatever and say how you feel. Uh, I always felt that if you can get to the shuttle taking off, then you beat Tetris. And the way that I would do that is you play, what is it, like option two or whatever it's called. And you set it up to, to nine to where it goes the fastest. And you set it to five as to high how, how high the blocks are. And if you can get all the way through that, like through the amount of lines that it asks you to get through, there'll be a little cutscene where people are dancing and then a space shuttle takes off. And I considered that to be beating the game. So I did that finally. And I didn't, it's not something I can just do. Like it takes me a long time to do it. Cause like I said, that with, with the blocks being so high and with everything coming down so quickly, when you get a couple levels up, like there's nothing you can do. You just die. Like there's no way to get out of it. So it's difficult, but I got, I got to that space shuttle right after right after Kirby actually. I did Kirby 2, and then I was like, let's try Tetris again, and then I did it. Maybe because I got through all that hard Kirby stuff, I was like, what about Tetris? That game's much easier. I'm kidding. But but yeah, but I did that I did that right after. I think Jeremy said something on Twitter about, you said something about the space shuttle launch. I don't remember what your exact quote was. Oh, it's a uh, it's perfect distillation of the entire space race. Oh yeah, because Russia and, uh-huh. and space, uh, and, that, and, there, and that movie's supposed to be out soon on Apple Plus, right? We we see month, yep. we see a lot of commercials for it on Peacock. The Tetris movie, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been throwing the commercial at us constantly, so I figured it was coming out this weekend or something. But it comes out uh, the last day of the month. Hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, that's close. It's I'm gonna have to move away. some things around to fit it in my schedule, but maybe. Hmm. I, I figured I'd get Apple Plus for a minute to watch that movie. I'll watch it. You know. Yeah, I already got it just for that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I thought you already had it because it came with your Apple TV or something. No, I just got the month trial for it. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I was like, oh, I can pay whatever. I mean, you know, I'll pay it for a month to watch that movie. So I, I got some indies that I want to just roll through real quick. I don't even spend that much time on them. But uh, I got a game called Vernal Edge, which I had heard about online. I watched a Switch Up, did a really good review of it. It's a Metroidvania, Souls-like, I guess. And the thing that really turned me on about it, like, number one is, like, the pixel art is gorgeous. Like, the pixel art looks really, really good in the game. And number two... 
um, it's, it's a Metroidvania, but instead of like having one connected thing, there's different like kind of like uh, land masses that you go in between. And the part when you go from landmass to landmass, you get in a little airship and you fly from one to another, and it really looks a lot like Skies of Arcadia. Like, that's what kind of got me on it. I was like, this game looks exactly like Skies of Arcadia in the ship. So I was like, that's cool. So And it was on sale, too. So I think I got it for like 10 bucks. But I've been trying to play through that. It's a, it's hard, but it doesn't feel unfair. But yeah, it's a, just, if you can, you know, take a look at the videos of just moving around in the, in the airship. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fucking Skies of Arcadia right there. It has like this kind of 32-bit, like, uh, you know, sort of PlayStation 1, uh, Dreamcast sort of look for it. And I, I, I like that. So the, 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 um, the airship stuff. And yeah, you can, you kind of go one from one area to another. And there's an evil church that's trying to kill you. And I always like things that have that in there. It's like real life, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so there's that game. And I also got a game called Fur Squadron, which is a, a Star Fox-like light. It was like six ninety nine. It was pretty cheap. I saw that title on, on things you've been playing. And I'm like, I, I need to know what that is. Fur Squadron. It's What's a that title. It's a Star Fox game. Obviously it's, it's inspired by Star Fox. It's a, it's an on rails, uh, you know, Star Fox game. There's some interesting stuff with it too. Like they, they they have an exclamation explanation as to why everything is all like kind of vector wireframe looking. It's because you're in like a simulation program or whatever. So you're like practicing flying with all your friends. But they have the gibberish language like they do in Star Fox. They're like you know, they do all that shit and and you know, and sometimes it kinda does feel like Star Fox. Like there's some things missing, like like you can't like boost and like and break like you would in the original Star Fox. Uh, you have missiles and stuff, but it's not, it's like almost there. You can do a barrel roll and they do ask you to do a barrel roll, of course, in the game. And it's, and, and, the, and I, and I, I watched a mini review of it and I thought the interesting thing was that you're inside of a program and the program gets hacked by the bad guys. So you can't leave this, like this virtual flying program that you're in. And that explains like why you're in this fucking wireframe world. And you kind of like, you'll do like the same world again, but then the shit will start freaking out and it'll start like tweaking. And then all of a sudden you'll be in a different thing. And it's like somebody's hacked it and they, and they have control of you. And, th- and I thought that was a cool idea. And I got all the way to the end. I got to the final boss. And when you get to the very final, like Andros type character, or whatever, it's like a big, uh, it's a big guy. I forget his name is like Grillos or something like that. It's supposed to kind of be like Andros, obviously. I mean, everything is like Star Fox, but. But what sucks is when you fight this, there's like three forms of this guy. And every time you fight him, you also have to fight him with one of the bosses that you've already fought before. So you have to fight two bosses on top of each other. And I'm like stuck at the final, what I think is the final form and the third boss because they keep killing me. Because I can't, because I'm trying to shoot the one behind the other one. Maybe I need to kill the one in front until, and I tried it multiple times. I was like, I can get through this in like a couple hours, like the original Star Fox. But, but no, I kept getting killed on that final boss, so... I haven't got back to it yet, but it's a, uh, it almost, it almost scratches that Star Fox six itch. And sometimes it's like, it's got some cool, like music too. It's got some good, like, uh, like some, I don't know, some, some real like shredding guitar stuff that kind of isn't like, doesn't feel like Star Fox. It's a little bit darker, I guess, but I, I thought it sounded pretty cool. But yeah, first squadron, obviously it's a, uh, you know, they're, they're little, uh, Star Fox like creatures and they, and they talk to you and there's like an asshole Falco guy that's like always pissed at you, you know, and. There was one cool thing that Star Fox has never done that it did in this where there's a part where there's a big ship coming at you and it kind of flips the camera to show like the front of your ship and you have to dodge this ship that's shooting at you and then the Falco guy has to come in behind and 
take out the ship and save you instead of you always save, cool. uh, saving them. Like that's something that never really happened in Star Fox. So, so yeah. Do I you mean, say? Do you say like, "Hey, butt out" or so, something like that afterwards? I don't remember. I mean, the Falco, like Falco guy, used to do. I mean, the Falco guy definitely does. Like when you when you rescue him, he's like, "Okay, fine, but I didn't need that." You know, like that sort of thing. He's like, like do do damn it. He's totally like, "Fuck you," you know. But yeah, it has the it has the gibberish voices and all that. And I don't know. I like like I said, it's you know, it's something you can get through in a couple hours. But it's seven bucks. Like that's like a couple dollars more than what you could rent a movie from from on a on Prime. So you know, yeah, it's it's about there. I think it's worth it for just to get a little bit of Star Trek stuff. But this other one that I got was also on sale. This also was around ten bucks, but I think I kind of thought about John when I was playing it because it's just it's such an interesting game because I don't it's a shoot 'em up and I don't like shoot 'em ups at all. But the reason that I was intrigued by it is that it's a shoot 'em up inspired by like thirties, fifties, like old like sci fi black and white movies. So like Plan Nine from Outer Space, like those side of, those sort of movies, and they make it and. And everything in it is like a model. Like, it actually looks like a model that you're shooting. So it's kind of like a combination of, like, FMV games and shoot 'em ups And it's really cool. It looks like everything actually exists somewhere. It's like a little, I don't know, like you're flying through a little cave, and it feels like a cave that they built, and they kind of just filmed it and went through it. And it's got the, it's got, like, the, you know, the film scratches and stuff on it and all that. And it's all in black and white. Um, it's all, it's all, like, voice. It's actually in Portuguese originally. So if you, if you, uh play it in english it's like dubbed it looks dubbed because they're not saying so is it a brazilian game or a portuguese i think it's i i I mean because i I looked at what the what the regular language is and it's portuguese so so most likely brazilian yeah but i mean it's it's a really interesting idea and yeah it's uh you're defending you're basically defending the earth from uh from these aliens that have come and they you know kind of like v style if you remember that show like where they kind of convince everybody That, that like they're good but they're actually stealing your water like that like that sort of thing like they come in they seem cool but then everybody's dying and you're part of this squadron squadron 51 it's called squadron 51 versus the flying saucers is what the game's called and yeah you're part of this team and you're trying to kill all the aliens and yeah you fight these little ufos and and they like tilt like they're hanging from a string you know they're supposed to look like the old like floaty uh plan nine ufos and stuff like that and it's really interesting. Kind of what they did in Time Splitters Two as well, right? At that one level. I guess they did. Yeah, it was supposed to look kind of corny. Well, they did the same thing with uh, Mars with uh, um, whatever the fuck it's called. I have it. Mars the, Attacks. Mar- no, that's the movie. the The one, the alien one. That's where you where you're the alien and you. Um, oh, uh, Alien Hominid. No, no, uh, no, no. The, the Destroy the All Humans. The GTA one. Destroy yeah, humans. Destroy All Humans. Yeah, they kind of yeah. do the same thing with that. They also did it with the Godzilla game. Uh, the destroy all monsters melee on GameCube, which is really good. That sort of thing. But yeah, it's really cool. Just it's it's just like interesting. It's like something I never played before. And there's a part where you're in a cave and you kind of have to go around in circles and you have to keep like going on another run on the same boss and you'll keep rotating until you like finally kill it. Like yeah, it has a and it and it was it was big. It was a big download. Like I had to d- delete some stuff because of all the FMV stuff that's in there. But the one terrible thing. You can't capture anything, maybe because there's too much FMV shit. I don't know, but yeah, they have actors in there, like you know, like like doing you know delivering lines and all that stuff, and it's got a huge production value for for what it is. And it's a, I guess it, it kind of reminds me of the um, House of the Dead two and three uh, re-release on Wii, as to the the point of where it's like it starts off kind of hard, 
And every time you get to a certain amount of points, you can unlock new things. Like you can get bonus levels. You can make your ship stronger. Like you can make like your gun stronger. And you can kind of like make yourself stronger to get through it. So you have to kind of, I think it kind of asks you to die multiple times and you can build yourself up and then go through it. And, and I got about halfway through it. I actually thought I was closer to the end than I was, but I streamed it and I was like, I looked at it and I was like, oh man, I'm not, I'm, I'm like only halfway through and I'm in this mine and there's this big, like, there's this like, whatever, this thing with these drills that were like, were killing me. And it's like, it's on a track and you have to shoot it off of the track. And once it shoots off the track, it shoots these drills at you. And once, if the drill hits you once, you automatically die. And it's difficult, but it's a, it's very cool to watch. Like, just like, just watch a video of like the way it looks. Like it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, I don't like shoot 'em ups, but I need to play this because it just, you know, it's just, it's going for my love of those old school uh, black and white sci-fi movies, that, that sort of thing. So I think the presentation of it is very nice. And those are my indie stuff. But what else? I got a couple things and then we'll switch over. I'm, I'm still playing PS4 Yakuza 0. That's where I said where I was the Camarocho property manager. Because I said last week, I'm like, I'm almost at the end. I can just go through and beat it. And I was, I'm on the last chapter of the game and I was about to beat it. But I accidentally walked past a piece of property that I thought I looked cool, and I accidentally bought it. And all of a sudden, I got brought into this property mini game, where you're trying to buy most of the buildings in uh, Kamurocho, which Kamurocho is the video game version of Shinjuku, which is the place that we went for our honeymoon. Jess and I did so. Is that the fashion district, pretty much? No, it was, well, it's like the seedy underbelly of Tokyo or whatever. Oh, okay. it's, it's, it's not, but. Uh, no, that we went to the fashion district. I forget what that one's called. That's where the record store was, where we went to with the bar in it. But um, anyway, it's you know it it reminds it reminds me of the honeymoon and buying all these like places for it. And I was like, this is cool, you know. And and there's there's the five billionaires is what they're called. There's these five people that all own parts of Camarocho, and you basically want to buy up the shares that they have, and then you have to fight them at the end. And one of the and there's these like mini bosses that you do like halfway through like. Like the first guy, the uh, the Leisure King is what he's called. Uh, you have to beat him at karaoke. You have to go to a karaoke bar and outsing him or whatever. You have to get a higher score in karaoke. And then the second guy, the Electronics King, you have to beat him at Outrun, the arcade at the Sega arcade. So there's like all this just cool shit on there. That's a lot of fun to do. And I got to, and you have to like befriend people at the at the stores. And if you become close enough with them, they'll just give you the store. Like, you befriend one of the sushi chef, and he wants you to go catch fish for him, so you go and fish off the pier in Tokyo, and you bring him a fish, and he'll cut it up, and if you're, once your friendship level gets high enough, he's like, you know what, I heard you in real estate, here's my sushi store, take it, you know? Or there's another one, the the bowling, there's like a bowling alley that you get from, like, being friends with the person, and and I'm sure you've heard about this one online, this game is, like, from 2015, it's almost, like, 10 years old, but I've, I've been playing it off and on for the past, like, six years, but, uh... There's a, there's this thing called turkey for turkey. Uh, when you're bowling, if you get if you get a turkey, if you bowl three strikes in a row, they give you a turkey, quote unquote. It's supposed to be a cooked turkey, but they give you a chicken. They give you a live chicken, and you end up hiring the chicken as like a manager of your property and your real estate business. So it's it's stupid and ridiculous, and I love it. It's kind of it's kind of brought me back into the things I said I wasn't going to do for Yakuza Zero. So bowling is how you acquire your property manager. That's how you get the chicken property manager. Yeah, that's through it's from bowling. okay. Yeah, checks out. It, it's just it's just hilarious the way because the lady's like, oh, we're going to give you a nice turkey dinner. It's all like crunchy and like savory and all this stuff. And then she brings you a chicken, and you're like, okay, number one, that's not a turkey. Uh, number two, it's not dead and not eat and not eatable. 
And number three, it's a live chicken. Like, what, what, what the fuck do you want me to do? And number three, it's asking me for a job. Well, well, the, well. What happens is she's like, "All right, well, you know what? I offered you a meal, so I'm going to take the chicken in the back. I'm going to kill it, and I'm going to cook it, and I'm going to give it to you." And then Kiryu's like, uh, "Maybe I don't want the chicken killed." He's like, "Maybe I'll hire the chicken to work for my real estate company." So he's the one who comes up with that idea. And chicken then the rescue. Ch- and then the chicken just becomes a, a, an employee of your company. It's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful game. <laughs> and there was this one uh there's this like call center that you can go to where you like call people like on a sex line in the game and it's like a it's like a shooter it's like a shooter game where you basically have to shoot at the right thing to say and you like dial up the right side of your analog stick like a rotary phone and then you release it and you have to say like oh you look nicer you're it's probably one of the strangest things i've seen in any video game i need to capture it and put it on twitter cuz it's should. fucking hilarious but yeah, I, I guess I couldn't get away. I couldn't get away from Yakuza Zero. It's still great. Uh, six years later, and it came out in 2015 originally, and on PS3 in Japan. But it's a PS4 game here. I was trying to. I was like, how long is? How old is this fucking game? 2017. But yeah, so that, that's the one I've been playing that one the most. I want to get through those five billionaires because they're interesting and it's fun to own property in, in Japan. You know, to pretend. And I guess my I gotta have my 3DS highlight for the week, and my highlight for the week is Kirby Triple Deluxe which I've been playing. Um, I was looking up how the origin of the name, because I know that, because I think Kirby Superstar was called Deluxe in Japan. But it's a triple Deluxe is in like 3DX. 3DS is what they were calling it. But it was the first 3D tri- Kirby game, and it was actually the 10th sequel of Kirby. I'm like, I thought it was earlier than that. It came after uh, Return of the Dreamland, which just got re-released on Switch. And it's just a, it's just a great uh, Kirby game. It's pretty basic, but they brought back all of the copy abilities that weren't available on the Wii one into this one. And it has the super suck ability, as they call it, which is pretty cool. And it, it utilizes the 3D well, where you go through like to the background, it's the foreground, and all that. And it's on sale for twenty bucks. Uh, you have like two days to get it by the time that this is released. But it's it's a game that I've liked that I played off and on for years, and I'm actually at the end now. I'm at the last boss. I wanted to beat it, but I just didn't quite get to it yet because there was all this other shit to do. But yeah, it's a it's really fun. It's kind of like it's it sticks to the regular formula, but a lot of the levels are really really unique and really uh, creative and all that. So hopefully that'll get re-released at some point, like 10 years from now. And I got some stuff for 3DS and Wii U, but maybe we can save that for the virtual console conversation or something. Did you guys know that Walmart sells used games and used hardware? I did not know that. I, I know because you posted it in Slack, but that's yeah, not I how I learned it. So I, on, on uh, Facebook, I got an ad from Walmart saying you buy a GameCube and Super Super Mario Sunshine for two hundred fifty dollars. What? And that's what I found out. <laughs> Weird. Oh, so they're getting yeah. into the uh, whatever the graded uh, used games craze. Not graded, but used games. Yeah. No. Two fifty for I don't know. That seems a bit high for. I mean, it's is, is it sealed? Can I you guess? get a hold of PS Five? Buy a GameCube. <laughs> not, not sealed. No, it's used as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two fifty seems a little bit high for for. Uh, for Sunshine, especially since it's been re-released. For, no, no, for the GameCube and Sunshine. Oh, for GameCube and Sunshine. As a bundle. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. That's that's yeah. a better deal. I thought you were talking about the game in itself. Yeah, so if you're looking for used games and, and hardware, uh, check out Walmart now, I guess. At Walmart.com specifically. They're not carrying it at the stores, obviously, but Walmart.com. Yeah, so it was news to me. As far as what I got this week. You got pinned. I got these. I got pinned. I got the My Nintendo pins. You actually got the physical reports. 
Really? I did yeah. physical rewards. I just couldn't resist it. And they, and then yeah. these are the ones. Uh, there's like a platinum and a gold pin, right? That's correct. Describe it for the for the audio listeners, which is and they are about the size of quarters. There's a platinum and a gold. Platinum is the uh, mushroom, and then the gold is the star. And uh, yeah, they are pins, so you can pin them on your shirt or your pants or perhaps whatever. the lapel of your blazer. The lapel of your blazer. <laughs> That's you that would be like a Reggie Fizame move, right? Yeah. yeah, these were all from his personal collection. <laughs> it's the Reggie collection. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of saw those like out of the blue. There, there's some Metroid Prime ones too, right? There's some Metroid Prime. There are. I didn't did get those. There too. But I'm, I'm glad for more uh, rewards, and I think you know something uh, referencing you know my Nintendo itself. Uh, it just kind of reminded me of of the the old Club Nintendo days, getting Club Nintendo rewards versus something from a specific game. I just thought this was like physical reward saying you know i'm a member of my nintendo or whatever cool i'll get that i'll cash in one of my 2000 platinum points and uh yeah so i'm, I'm look, looking out for more physical rewards from from them so that'll be pretty cool if they do that as for what i've been playing this week it's been all ori in fact i'm so in ori i didn't even touch it man this week like i, oh, I think these games are fantastic i beat ori in the blind forest good job um, that's the first one. I, yeah, I couldn't remember which one was which, but I guess, yeah, Blind Force is the first one. That was the first one, yep. Yeah, I talked about that last week, so I just wanted to add some things that I, I kind of forgot to talk about uh, last week. Uh, the escape sequences, you know, again, a hallmark of, of Metroidvania games. They're incredible in this game. Just, they feel like, like you know, action-packed and something's happening in every corner, and you're seeing all these unique animations that you don't see anywhere else in the game. Like I've, I shared you, you to you guys the video of the, the first one where you're inside a tree and the tree at the end is filling up with water. So you've got to beat the water as it's rising out of the tree like a geyser. And at the end, you get shot out of the top of the tree. It's just like there's a lot of heart pounding moments in there. Like they build it up so that you think like you're drowning, like you're in like 10 feet of water or whatever. And 20 feet, you think, oh, I'm dead. But you're you're button mashing at that point, and somehow you button mash your way out of the waves, and and you're good. Uh, they're all really really exciting, really well done. There's not a dud in the bunch as far as the escape sequences. And then there's like there's also just random scripted events, like which reminded me of Limbo. Like you might be walking through a forest somewhere, and then all of a sudden you know the floor gives away, uh, or uh, you might see in the foreground uh, a, a creature looking at you. That you're not going to see again for you know, a couple more uh, areas or whatever, and just all that lends to the quality of the game. It lends quality to the game where you just feel like they they thought of everything and they 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 put something interesting to look at everywhere, and they knew when you were kind of about to feel like like oh something needs to happen here and something does happen. It just keeps you on your toes and keeps you looking all around and and, and you know expecting the unexpected. So that's that's something that I really loved about that game. And then overall, there's this contrast between the cute characters and the dark themes, which I think is always interesting. And it reminds me of some of some some of the Disney films, like you know Black Cauldron, how that had like the cute you know Gurgi character or whatever. But then the the Demon King was like really well animated and kind of terrifying, and uh, it wasn't afraid to the, the game isn't afraid to get get dark. 
as well as sweet and sentimental. And I think I love that mix. It's very effective. And yeah, last about it is the music. Like I've been, that's the only music that's been playing in my head all week is from these games. It's just very catchy and very, very well done. Very, well orchestrated. It's very like cinematic, right? Or, or yeah, cinematic orchestrated. Um, I I got the soundtrack to Ori in the Blind in the Blind Forest mm-hmm. for last week's episode, so it's in there. So and you listened to a few of them. Yeah, I why well, yeah. Would you agree? I have like, a there's like a database place that I pay like twenty dollars a year to download from freely, and it's totally worth it. But I but yeah, I got that first soundtrack, and I I think I well I used one of the songs from one of the escape sequences. I don't know if it was the one you're particularly talking about last week, but I was mm-hmm. trying to. To get that, but yeah, no, it's good. It's it's definitely a very good soundtrack. Is what I'm getting at. But no, I got I got the Blind Forest one, the, the first the first one it has like so the, 32 tracks on it. So I beat that game. I think I, I I would guess I didn't look, but I probably spent about 10 to 12 hours on it or so. Well worth it. And then I jumped right in. As soon as I beat it, I jumped right into Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So there's some key differences. And this and so far I, I played enough of that probably. Six or seven hours to know that this is the better game. As good as the other game was, like they improved upon it, and this is that rare sequel that's that's even better than the first. Um, first of all, like there's an auto save, whereas previously you you had a save button and you had a limited number of save. You could like collect tokens or whatever, and um, and then you could use those to save. And, and I, th- I thought that was I like the way they did the save in the first game, but. But uh, having an autosave is just simpler and nicer. and It frees up the buttons, which I think is why they did it, because they added a new thing where all actions are mappable, are mappable to any button by holding ZL. And so on the fly, you can change your, your moves just by holding ZL and hmm. switching your moves around. Uh, why did they do that? Because there's just there's dozens of moves now that you can earn as you play. Hmm. Um so you can pick your favorites and leave them on there. You can uh, not only earn those moves, but you can, you know, buff them up throughout. And, and you get, I found one particular move had five different levels that you could purchase. So it's just depth upon depth with, with the move set in this game. And I don't know how many moves there are, but a few dozen, I think. And you just hold ZL and you switch out whatever you want to do, whatever's needed at the moment. Um, it's just very, very well done. Hmm. Uh, along those lines, there's a greater focus on uh, leveling and RPG elements. Oh, oh, yep. I mean, if you can if you yeah. can level up, it's an RPG, right? That's my uh, that's my definition yeah. of it. Sounds like it. If you yeah, if you, you, can, if you gain experience points, and you can uh, and you can level up. You, you definitely you gain experience. Uh, I don't think call experience points necessarily, but just the the fact that you can boost all your you have so many different moves, and you can boost them all. I think is what made me think, you know, this is more RPG like. And there's also side quests, which, which made it feel like, like a little bit like Zelda. So I'd call it like a Zeldroidvania. Mm-hmm. It's distinctly different from any of the other Metroidvanias that I personally played, where like you'll, you'll run into characters throughout. Now, the, the whole world is populated now with, with different uh, characters who kind of help you out, which is different from the first one. The first one was a more lonely experience. And this one, you might run into a character who is like, hey, I found this, you know, whistle or whatever. And this is somebody else's whistle. Can you deliver it to them? Sure. And it's all optional stuff. And you can run around the map and find this person and deliver the item. 
Uh, so these are like Zelda side quests that are thrown into this Metroidvania, and it's very cool. I, I'm enjoying that part, that part of it. Uh, but I think the thing that I enjoy the most is that as good as I, I like, as much as I like the story of the first one, this one has an even better story. Like, I don't want to get into the details. I don't want to spoil it and, you know, talk about the story. I'd have to talk about the story of the first one and how it ended because it does play off of the, how the first one ended. Um, but it's just, it's more engaging. There's more highs and lows. There's like heartwarming moments and tear jerking moments and then moments that make you panic. Um, you know, it just, it, 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 it has a lot of, um, ups and downs and different beats to it, which I'm finding that the point that I'm at, or I guess the point that I was at yesterday, it was like, Oh, everything just changed. And this is like, it drew me in deeper and made me realize, okay, I think this, as much as I've been playing, okay, this is what the story is really about. Ooh, like it, it hooked me and it makes me want to play more and more. Um, It's one of the most emotionally effective games that I've played in that way. Like it just, everything comes together the visuals, the design, the music, the storytelling. It's, you know, I, I, I'm not through it, but I think I'd call this one. Whereas the other one was like maybe a 9 point. I, th- I thought it was a 10. Maybe in comparison to this one, I'd make it a 9.5 and this one's a 10. Well, I know these both these games were critically acclaimed yeah. at their original release. So it is nice to know they're here on the Switch and yeah, and you got them already. Well, they've been here on the Switch. They they were they were cheap on the Switch I know. last week. Yeah, they were just cheap. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know how long Will of the Will of Wisps has been on there. I, I don't. I never really followed. I never really followed the games. Three uh, three years now. Three years old. The other one came out on Xbox originally in twenty fourteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or, Ori and the Will of Wisps was Wisps was a twenty twenty game that came out right before the end of the world. And then it came out later in September on Nintendo Switch, but uh, but on uh, Xbox One, it came out on March thirteenth or March eleventh, which was a uh, you know right before everything shut down. So yeah, I don't know what they're priced at now. The sale is over, unfortunately, but whatever it is, it's worth it. I think it's like I think they're like thirty bucks or something, but I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know, I you know I feel like most uh, bide your time, they'll be on sale again. Yeah, yeah, they will, but you know, I feel like. Uh, I don't like to undervalue the, the the you know the effort that people put into these games because I know most developers are underpaid and all that. So yeah, but at this point they're not getting. I don't know if they're getting paid for this kind of copies being sold. Maybe they are. I don't know. I would hope so. Right. I guess so. Isn't that where the writing strikes coming from? <laughs> we don't have to get into that, but uh, that's. I, mean, I think that's where it's coming from. It's like uh, streaming services, and whatnot. That's probably a good space to have a little break, wouldn't you think? Sure. Yeah, if you're done talking about Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, I could go uh, to the bathroom for my own Will of Wisps. <laughs> let's break Lake and <laughs> pop it. Whatever that means. Uh, yeah, let's take a break. Trey and the Will of the Wiz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, let's take a break and we'll come back. My light doesn't work. It's like the blind forest of vir- virtual console. Oh God. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! break and we're going to talk about the end of virtual console but first off why don't we uh let's hear from the listeners uh if you want to if you want to respond to the podcast or if you want to be in the community go to facebook to find nintendo community page and you can let us know about things i just uh, threw up a i just threw up a post last week uh, over the weekend just to see what everybody was playing and we got some i've got a lot of responses to it so i thought we'd just read them for the fun of it for everybody who's listening so I said, what's everybody playing this weekend? We got a response from uh, Mike Alberton from uh, Games My Mom Found, who's been on the show before. Saboteur, Gotta Kill Some Nazis, which I believe is probably something that he's playing for the show. I never played that game. Yeah. That's the uh, Commodore 64 game. We got that one. Saboteur? Oh, oh yeah. Really? Yeah, didn't... Well, wait, yeah. no, we did get that, right? Because it wasn't that on Switch? Yeah, it's I, on Switch, yep. Yeah, because it was on sale. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I was like... Because I remember that you recommended one, or you played it. Or I whatever, think I bought I, it. Too. I, I got it. Yeah, I got it for yeah. Switch. Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, it's a Commodore Commodore sixty four game, so you know, with those expectations, you know. But uh, for what it is, it's very interesting. And I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, Commodore sixty four was another thing that kind of came out of nowhere that was on the uh, that was on the that was on the Wii uh, Virtual Console, which I was like, what? Because uh, Commodore sixty four was like one of the first consoles I think we ever had. Like as a kid, like we had uh, with the little tapes that you would play. Uh, I always say like the my the most memorable one was a game called Snack Man. It was basically a complete ripoff of Pac Man, but it was called Snack Man. I thought that was hilarious. I wonder if there's a different saboteur game. I can't. It's been a while since I played that one. I, I haven't. It's those. got the ninja on it. 
Well, we have the one with the ninja on it, but I don't know if that's the same one that it's Nazis. I don't think there was Nazis that, that Mike's it. talking about or not. I guess I should have uh, responded on it. Or if you hear this, uh, you know, respond back on the on the community side again and let us know exactly what you're what you're playing. I mean, I look it up. Oh, uh, no, he's talking about the EA game, the saboteur. Oh, okay, yeah, I thought it was. I thought he was playing something newer. He's talking about the 1942 film, I believe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the saboteur. That's a different game. I see it now. It's a, it's 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 a newer one. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, Daniel Lewis says, "I'm biding my time and waiting for next weekend's release of Resident Evil 4. I took vacation time for that game. It's a it's a, even a bigger event for me, bigger than Tears of the Kingdom. If I'm being franked, Frank, more my most anticipated game of Wait, the year. Wait, is this Daniel or Frank? I'm sorry. <laughs> He's being frank in this in this uh, description. Uh, my most anticipated game of the year and the reviews that are out now give me confidence that it will be something special. This is what I was trying to say earlier that I forgot. It's kind of cool that I saw an article about this that like the biggest, like the highest, um, the best reviewed games of the year so far have all been remakes. But it's basically like what Metroid Prime 4, or not 4, that one never came out. Uh, Metroid Prime remastered Resident Evil 4 and uh, Persona 4 Golden. We're all on. We're all on this list. So those you're are talking all, like Metacritic style, right? Yeah, yeah. We're all like in the best, highest rated things so far this year. Are all you know older games that are going to be released or remastered or whatever. Ad infinitum. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Moreno says, "Yeah, Hades. It got me hooked. So I'm glad you got into some Hades. Oh man, Hades. That was a game that it's that all I Jeremy played, played for like some two or three months. Yeah. So literally all I played. I didn't play anything else. Speaking of games that you played, but sequels, I'm actually, this one is really, feels like one I have to play just because people keep talking about it. And yeah. Jeremy Arthur says, enjoying every minute with Oct- Octopath Traveler 2, absolute masterpiece. It's interesting because I've been hearing. Well, I'm scared of it, that, though. That... It's so huge. Well, I'm scared of it, too, because I did, really didn't like Octopath Traveler 1. But if you've been watching, listening to any All of the. Reviews, great. If you've been listening to any of the Acts of the Blood God stuff, they're like putting it on Xenoblade Chronicles 3 level now. And I'm like, uh. I guess I have to play it. I know Eric just put up a glowing review. He like almost beat it, yeah. Or he finally beat it for his review. But yeah, him and Nadia have been like sucking the dick, like sucking dick like crazy on a Octo- Octopath Traveler 2. I don't know. And it's like that wasn't Bravely Default 2, like everybody was saying. It was really, really great too. On I love Bravely Default 2 on Switch. I loved that game. I mean, Captain so it's like too. they really are yeah. listening to people and they're like coming back with what the fans yeah. want. I'm afraid to because I I really don't. I mean, I don't want to get a, another hundred hour RPG right now. No, I'm terrified because I played. <laughs> yeah, I played the shit out of Octopath Traveler and I liked it a lot. Um, I knew at the time it was just engaging with a, a bad part of myself, like a compulsive part of myself. Like as far as like, I liked the weird grinding and stuff you had to do, but I think it. Um, I don't know. I, I I think the issues that I complain about have been fixed in this one, so it might be worth checking out. You know, I didn't play the demo much. I think before I I didn't I didn't play the game, demo at all. I, I actually haven't played any demo. of the demos of anything lately. <laughs> I just have not. I've Same. just just been skipping demos. Server so RE4, like, we both it. played that. Oh yeah. Well I, I kinda had to play the demo of that. Same. But uh, but no, I didn't play. I didn't play the Octopath one because I was afraid that it would make me want to buy it, and I just was like, huh. I've, "I've been trying." Well, I've been trying to get. I was. I, I don't know. I'm trying to. I can't remember if it's a if it continues into the game or not. So. I'm, I'm like, I think it does actually. I think it's it a three hour demo that continues. Well, then I'll the definitely game. play that and just and make my decision. But 
you know, I'm not really playing an RPG per se because apparently, I, apparently, you don't get to choose all of the best stories or whatever up, up front. I mean, it's the same thing as a as a Live Alive, which I'm like, I wanted to finish mm-hmm. Live Alive before Octopath. I really wanted to finish Persona Four before I got into any other hundred hour RPG. I still, I still need to play Live Alive. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, no, I, I am very intrigued by Octopath Traveler too. Uh, Tim Hendrickson said, "Radiant Historia or Project X Zone Two, which this one is totally on our topic with the e- with the 3DS eShop closing. I've been looking through my backlog of games I never started, some of which have DLC to pick up before that's gone. Uh, I remember Radiant Historia. Well, Radiant Historia, the 3DS one, was a remake of a DS game, and I've heard a lot of great things about too th- about that too. There was a demo for it, and Project X Zone Two was like a crazy uh, crossover game that had like characters from Yakuza in it." Like mixed with like a bunch of other crazy shit, and I always wanted to play that, but it's very expensive on as physical, and it's and you can't get it on digital anymore. So, and I mentioned that on the thing. I said uh, that I that I can't get it because I said uh, really wanted to get Project X Zone too, but unfortunately it's not available digitally and physical is too much. And then uh, Jeremy Arthur jumped on and said, "Sad part is Project X Zone titles will likely never find their way to another console. Negotiating the licensing right for those titles." Must have been a nightmare, and it's amazing they exist at all. Because it's like it's like Yakuza meets like Phoenix Wright and stuff like that. It's like really out there. But I always wanted to, I always wanted to play those. Radiant Historia is incredible. Top three or four game of all time for me. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I heard Nadia talk really high on that too on uh, X Blood God. Yeah, Tim Hendrickson comes back. As I'm about ten hours into Radiant Historia, it feels very different from a lot of J- a lot of RPGs I've played. I'm enjoying it in a handful of ways. It's like a chapter-based 16-bit Chrono Cross with an equally unique battle mechanic. I wish the licensing wasn't such a mess on Project X-Zone games, but I get it. It's the same issue the Super Robot Wiros series has and why those games never get released here either. At some point, I need to go back and finish Project X-Zone 1, as well as Namco, Namco X Capcom. And Hutchison says, David Hutchison, Hutch says, Diablo 3 sucked me in. It's way better than it has any right to be. Finishing it and then jumping into Fire Emblem Engage. I he saw, did actually finish I it. I saw yeah. that he just finished it on, on Twitter, yeah. so there you go. And Jess, and Jess popped in as well before we uh, started. Want to play Stardew? If you say yes, I'll be playing Stardew. Let's be honest. I'm playing either way. I've actually almost passed 100 hours on Stardew from playing co-op with Jess. So so when the two of you play not together, is are there any rules to like don't? complete certain oh uh, no, Jess, Jess has a different farm has a, has a solo farm and a, their solo so when farm they play is they play their solo farm but when you play together you have yeah that's your conjoined farm gotcha we have a conjoined farm that we don't play at all without each other so that's how gotcha. it works. so they have another farm yeah and that's how we do it it's still fun it's it's a very fun co-op game We've, I would love we, to we're, play we're still playing a lot of it Maybe I could get Sean into it eventually, but yeah, she's. I mean, we have two switches. It helps to have two switches for it, you know. Well, I, yeah. I guess you can. I think you can play on the TV. I think you can do like kind of a split screen thing or something on the TV. Well, I also have it on uh, PC, so we'd be able to do it through. Oh, that. sure. But I mean, as far as the Switch goes, I think you can play locally. And I think you don't necessarily have to have two switches and two copies of it to play it. But let's let's get on to our main topic question here. So yeah, th- what I what I po- what I posted on the community was I realized this week in the la- I realized that this week is the last week for Virtual Console on Nintendo systems. It was such a big deal when it started on Wii, and I was very excited to play the Sega games I missed out on. 
and finally have SNES and NES games on a modern system. What were your best Virtual Console memories, and what were some of the really out-there releases? I still can't believe they released Rondo of Blood on Wii, which I don't think I saw on my Wii when I just looked at it earlier. So that sucks. I don't know where the fuck it went. Uh, Joel DeWitt says, Completely wild service. Who'd know somebody remembered Amiga enough to get the rights of some of the games? Of some games. I know people complained on price, but they really pulled a lot of unique games for the service, and it'll be missed. I'd agree to that. It was it was nice to to get uh, systems that you just didn't expect, like games from Amiga. Uh, certainly, when when Genesis was announced, it was mind blowing to see Genesis on on Nintendo oh, yeah. system, which is one of the reasons why you wanted to own that controller so much, right? Right. Well, right. well, I mean, but this was like way before, like when the and the I Wii, know that, but that yeah. controller in a way represents like the the joy of that the the handshaking of uh, of on. nintendo and sega well i mean yeah. uh, so i mean sega was on i mean they, it, GameCube, it started man, with gamecube Game because Dance, yeah because yeah. uh dreamcast yeah. went down before that so uh i mean once i mean once the sega the sega collection or the sonic collection or whatever showed up on gamecube i was like oh god here's all these games that i could never play you know yeah there's i think when when i saw turbo graphics on virtual console i was like okay all anything's possible now that was a pretty big deal for me actually as well yeah which we'll which we'll get into in a moment uh mike alberton uh games my mom found again says i bought secret of mana twice on two different wii's and didn't actually play it till emulation years later secret of mana is a great game it's, it's a shame you didn't get to get to it uh saint john from nerd noise radio says I'm I'm not I'm a little too non-committal to say favorite, but in terms of the first memory to come to mind, it was probably spending a shit ton of time playing New Adventure Island Turbo Graphic 16 on it. Also, I had somehow never managed to buy my own copy of Contra 3, and by then they were pretty expensive. So the Wii Virtual Console was my way to get around that. Frankly, I regret not having spent way more money on the Virtual Console, as we all do. But yeah, let's let's talk about our. Uh, Virtual console stuff. Actually, right right before we get in that, um, for one second. So, 3DS, Wii U, eShops are going down this Sunday. So, I did my final purge of games today. And I think I'm done. I mean, you know, I'll come back next week and tell you if I'm not. But this is what I ended up getting as my final purchases from, from 3DS and, and uh, Wii U. So, I said I was going to get one full-priced game. And I was like... I could get uh, Luigi's Mansion One, the remake. I could get uh, uh, what, whatever um, the uh, the curvy yarn game, uh, Epic Yarn. Uh, I could get uh, Yoshi's whatever. Uh, there's all these different ones that I could, or like the Mario and Luigi re-releases, like all this stuff. Right. Uh, I ultimately ended up still getting Persona Q2 because I watched a, I watched the trailer of it and I realized that it's three, four, and five, not just four and five, and it looked great. And I realized also is that I can just delete the worst version of Xenoblade Chronicles that I have on my 3DS, and then I'll have enough space to get that game. So that's what I did. I deleted Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, which I've said many a times on this show is the worst version of Xenoblade Chronicles 1. For some reason, I thought you had that on... Uh, I thought you had the uh, the cartridge of that. or No, it's digital. I bought it digitally. Uh, so I deleted that. Then and I was like, oh, then I'll have because that was like thirty notes or whatever it's called. Like they don't go with gigs or megabytes or whatever. So my main my big game was Persona Q two. So cool. Um, and I got I just randomly found this because I looked through my wish list that I had on my three DS. Uh, Mystical Ninja 
on Game Boy, on the original Game Boy in black and white. I bought it for two dollars. It's great. Uh, it was a it's super cheap. I was like, I didn't know this existed. I need to do whatever I can for the Goemon series because we don't see any of it anywhere, unfortunately. I got a game called Cold, Dece- Cold Decept Revolt, which is like an RBG board game thing, which I like that shit. Um, it's from NIS, who also do like, you know, have, uh, NIS is also like Ease and all that shit. So I went for that. And then I got Kirby Squeak Squad on DS, just because I was in Kirby Mania, so I wanted another Kirby game. And I love playing DS games on Wii U. And I also got Harvest Moon 64, just because I've been really wanting to play it again, and I'm I don't want to wait for it to come to NSO if it even does. So those were my final purchases from that. But I went I went and looked at my uh, virtual console stuff that I had on my Wii, and I just kind of put some stuff down. But uh, I don't. Either of you want to talk about a uh, virtual console for a minute? Uh, one thing I really want to say is I miss having weekly re- releases. Like that was one oh, of the yeah, things yeah. About, about the virtual consoles. You knew every it week was an event. Yeah, you were going to get some new games. And, and Nintendo does not communicate that way anymore. No. They just throw the games out whenever. It's very and random. That's yeah. Still a big mistake. I think they should still go with a regular schedule, and that way they could draw up even more attention. Uh, but uh, it used to be an event so much so that there there was a uh, remember that uh, what Nirvana the show the band the show. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I put that skit on the show before. Uh, oh my Jeremy, god, that skit's so. Jeremy funny. mentioned it way back when, and I actually have have used that song there where they sung. I've, I've put it on the show before, so I don't remember what episode, but we have we have, yeah. And then, uh, of course, I always have to mention the uh, the Drake Hotline Bling with the oh, yeah. music just works perfectly. Yeah, well, I mean, that's another thing that we need to be kind of sad about is that we shop music. Uh, it's dying too because we never got music for the Switch. Thank God someone preserved Ever. it. At least one or twelve million people. So, so today I, I took a picture of it and put it on the community page. But uh, I, so I, I started up. So I, I, I wanted to take a picture of all three of them because I had to turn on my Switch. I had to put money yeah. on my Switch eShop, and then I turn on the Wii U, and then I turn on the 3DS, and I had, I got it. It took me a long time to get on the Wii U eShop finally. Because it, it and it wasn't because of the internet problems. It said that it said there's too many people on there, which I believe it's the last week. So well, they probably have minimal server space for it. Too. But but I find I finally got onto the Wii shop, Wii U shop, and the 3DS shop at the same time, and they're both playing the same song, and they're like they're synced like from the TV and the 3DS in my hand, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, and I'm like, this is the last time I'm gonna hear the song. We were here with you the whole time, Trey. So, so I was able to get that going, and I was like, yes, finally. Even though I never had any trouble with the 3DS eShop. It's always been golden, but the Wii U one was the one that kind of died out. I felt it was, um, I don't know, I felt the 3DS eShop was minimal to the point of being bad. Well, the the, the categorization and stuff on it was shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I would just research whatever I was looking for, you know. And I went through all right. the virtual console stuff. For the 3DS eShop as well, after I got the Goemon one, because I thought there might be a something I forgot. But I one think, thing I remember yeah. is it would never auto complete like titles of games. You would have to actually put it all in. Whereas I like that the Switch actually will be like, oh, you're you're talking about this game you're looking for. Oh, I never. I mean, I, when I look for Persona Q, I just put in Persona, and it brought up all the Persona Q games. Like I didn't put 
Persona Q Shadow of the Labyrinth or whatever the fuck it's called. You know, like I didn't put the whole no, thing I, in there. I guess what I mean to say it, it's not that big a video, but that as far as like autocomplete, it's so nice on the Switch that if I'm looking for Persona, I just type P and it's probably going to show up. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does blah, do blah, that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it, it does do that. Wii U never did that, but uh, pers- but the Switch does. So there you go. I, I kind of I, I did like a quick run through of like which games I had on Wii U, and actually there's some ones that didn't show up. Like I said, Rondo of Blood, nowhere to be seen. Like where the fuck did it go? And I can't get back on the Wii U eShop and re-download it. So I don't know what the fuck. I'm gonna to have do. to look and see because I bought that as well. There was some stuff missing, like Air Zonk. That was a that was a shoot 'em up a Turbo Graphics 16 game that I got oh, that disappeared. Turbo Graphics games disappeared. Yeah, it, or well, I don't know if it's just something up with mine, but I just, I mean, it had all this shit that I had bought like right at the end. So I'm like, where did it go? And I remember so John. Wait, so I, you can't. I, I remember so John got me the Ninja Gaiden arcade game. It wasn't on there. Well, I don't know. I, I tried to get on the Wii U eShop or the Wii Shop, and it wouldn't let me get on there. So I don't know. So I think you're probably at the point where, sadly, if you ha- didn't have it on your. Wii at the time when you transferred over to your Wii U. Your Wii is what kept track of the back catalog of Wii games, not the Wii U, so you probably lost those. Yeah, but I was able to... But when I did all the re-downloading of stuff, it was from the Wii U. When it was on the Wii U. So Even, when, even when, Wii games? Yeah, yeah. No, the, the when I did all the... When the Wii eShop was closing or whatever, I, I got all of that from the from the Wii the Wii mode on the Wii U or whatever. Anyway, regardless, as I was going through there, I kind of like wrote down some games that never made it to Nintendo Switch Online. Some of them not to uh, Switch at all. Uh, number one, that's kind of weird. Uh, Adventures of Lolo Two. Why is that on not not on Nintendo Switch Online? And I just double checked just now to make sure, and it is not there. We only have Lolo One, but Lolo One and Two were on were on Virtual Console for Wii. Never brought to. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online for an NES game, a How Laboratory NES game. We could easily put that on there. Like, what the fuck? They like they mainly only focus on whatever you know. Obviously, we're only getting a new console added like once a year at this point. It's fairly predictable. It's not about when it's going to happen. We just got Zevius for NES. You can put Adventures of Lolo Two on there. No, no, I agree with you. you know? but I'm saying like <laughs> the slow drip is real. Like it's no. like we're gonna have a slow time. In a few years, then we're going to release Lolo 2, and people are going to be like, "Yes." I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, Fire probably. and Ice was a pretty big deal. I thought I still, I still stand by Fire and Ice being like one of the most jaw-dropping things they put on there. Yeah, that game was good. I don't, I don't know if that was ever even on like Virtual Console before, or maybe it was. And I just didn't notice it. And that's the good thing of like Nintendo Switch Online versus Virtual Console, where Nintendo Switch Online, it's like, oh hey, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know what it is, and I don't have to necessarily pay for it. But I feel like we had such a wider reach, like where you would buy it, like game by game. Well, you know, I like the a la carte option if I go yeah. to a restaurant. You know, I don't want to be stuck in the fire. This is a bad analogy because I actually don't care. I'll follow the way to the restaurant. But um, I like the fact that, it, you know, at a certain point it was like, well, I, you know, I got my Wii, my brand new Wii, or, you know, I bought a Wii and I'm like, I want this game and this game and this game and this game. You know, I don't have to sign up for a service and I'm willing to pay. $38 for these four games for, from these different consoles or whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I just want to own them again because I haven't seen them for years. I want to play them. Like that was the magic of virtual console. And that might also have a lot to do with, um, you know, just it, it being new and 
it being official made it feel so nice because I'd been, you know, playing emulators for years, of course. But yeah. having the, you know, on the Wii, it was just such an exciting concept. And of course, the, the Wiimote being one of the best, you know, Nintendo controllers ever made that it turned sideways and it was an NES controller. And it, it that was so that good. was pretty genius at the time. It's like, yeah, you turn it on the side and you got an NES, NES controller, but you have to buy the retro controller to play right. proper Super Nintendo. That was the thing for me. It's like I need I need one of those classics if I want to play uh, F Zero right, because otherwise you're not going to be able to. And that's kind of always been the thing, you know. And then and, you know, ultimately, going back to it, like I, I use the Wii U when I use my Wii now, and I and I use the Pro Controller, you know, like and I can turn the console on with it just like the other one. But anyway, I don't know. I'm kind of go off on a tangent, but uh, for me, it was the excitement of when it was new. I think that I'm kind of missing and kind of. The, you know, you know, kind of tagging along with what John said, like, I like that you could give people games. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that that went away. Like Now you just have to buy digital codes. But you could literally just, like, you're, you you would get the flash on the Wii yeah. to let you know you had a notification and you get on there and it's like, someone gave you a gift and you open it and it's a game and that was just so... How wonderful Wait. was that? That's great. And you could buy, like, a $4 or, you know, $5 game for somebody. It, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I'm going to break the bank. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked like the um the how they had the the money where it's like NES is like five and what was it Super Nintendo was like eight and sixty four was Sega 10. was eight as well yeah uh-huh. and it was funny because like some of them were different like if you remember like when when the the Turtles game came out the original one for NES so that was six because mm-hmm. of the license or whatever or like when Mario See, I don't remember that but I remember like when Sin and Punishment it, it, it was out. it was six it was, it like was 12 more. yeah yeah, yeah I would say that did that as well but I was gonna say also the official Mario Brothers 2 game was more also because they because it was like really import yeah yeah when now, are you out. talking about uh, what we call the lost levels but the actual Famicom yeah version? yeah I'm talking about the actual Famicom version that sold we do for, have that on the switch well, they do now, yeah. But but it was a big deal when it came out on Wii. Oh, gotcha. Because I remember my roommate, Nick, like played the shit out of it, and he did beat it eight times and got to the extra levels and all that because he really loved torturing himself for whatever reason. But he loved that game. I don't know why, but he loved the shit out of Mario 2 because it was so hard and had wind and had those things think, where you, I think my where dad you like, jump out of the too. screen and then you land in another part. It's so stupid. Like yeah. I, I couldn't even get through the first level set, like the first one, two, or whatever. But it's like so dumb. But yeah, there's I, I saw some stuff on there that never made it to Nintendo Switch Online or Switch at all. Uh, Blades of Steel NES that that was a virtual Blades console game that never made it on there. Final Fight two and three. We have a Capcom beat 'em up bundle that has Fight Final Fight one on there, the arcade. But Final Fight two and three were Super Nintendo exclusives. Where the fuck are those at? Like, can we do something with that Capcom? Like, release them somewhere, please. Final Fight 3 is great. I think it's one of the best ones. The main one I mentioned before, Star Tropics 2 Zoda's Revenge, nowhere to be seen on Switch. That game came out on Wii U even. Like, what the yeah, fuck, man? Like, where? what are you doing with that game? Re-release it. Which I'm happy to say I do own that on the Wii U. Yeah, I played through it, actually, for our Star we Tropics episode. episode. And, oh my god, that game is, gets real shitty hard towards the end there. <laughs> I, I, like, save-stated the fuck out of that to get through it on Wii U. It was very hard. Uh, Cruising USA was on was on Virtual Console. I would love to see Cruising USA on Nintendo Switch Online. I would love to see all three of them. Like those games are great. We got Cruising Blast. Like that game's really good. I remember great. there were interviews with the with the creator talking about how he wanted to bring like HD versions of of Cruising of the original Cruising games to Switch. Like 
fucking make it happen like exotica like the world like put them all on there like i will play the shit out of them i, I want to hit a deer and make it explode yeah <laughs> i don't know if you could do that on the 64 version but i think they edited it uh, a princess tomato like i saw i had that on there like that is an nes game that never made it to uh Nintendo oh, yeah. switch online that's a really solid on your wii u gamepad yeah i mean it's a good it's a good game it's a good it's a point and click you like those uh, uh gradius three it's a first person point and click yeah Gradius 3, I'm surprised that never made it. That was one of the first... I feel like that was one of the first Super Nintendo uh, virtual console games. Is that it's, the one that has a guy with the fiddle or the banjo on it? No, that's that's Phalanx, I think. Oh, Phalanx, Phalanx, yeah. No, Gradius... Well, I, I played the crap out of Gradius 1. I had the cartridge when I was a kid. But Gradius 3 is really good. It was... Uh, I have it on virtual console. And- Gradius is a bit like Galaga, right? Like it's up, down? Uh, No, it's uh, side-scrolling. Shoot right, never mind. It's a good game. All the Gradius is great. I think Gradius 2 was on Game Boy or whatever. Mystical Ninja, uh, The Legend of Mystical Ninja with Goemon, never oh, made it yeah. to Nintendo Switch Online. I have it on Wii U. Uh, I have the Game Boy one because it was real cheap <laughs> on 3DS. We're never going to see that. I think one of the main huge things for me on Virtual Console was the Neo Geo games because I, I remember John saying once on this on this episode or on the show, Saying that you uh, that you had a friend in school who said that they had a Neo Geo and you said that they were lying because nobody had that because it was very yeah, no one had expensive, it. but it was it was just like it was just like unwrapping this new world for me where it's like you can get like Samurai Showdown, you can get like Fatal Fury, you can get like Metal Slug, you can get like King of Fighters, like Art of Fighting, like all these really incredible fighting games that I that I loved, and you get them for like eight dollars. Instead of paying like two hundred dollars for the cartridge or whatever, like when it came out, and that one really blew me away, like just getting all these Neo Geo games, and I got I got a good amount of them. Like when they were released, like on the day, I was like, I want to play fucking Fatal Fury One, and I did, and I played a ton of like, yeah, Art of Fighting and like uh, King of Fighters ninety five or six or whatever. Like they were all great, or like yeah, the Metal Slug games, and yeah, not and we kind of mentioned a little bit the Turbo Turbo Graphic sixteen things, like uh. What I found on my Wii is like a Bonk's Adventure. I played that on there. Uh, Fighting Street, which was Street Fighter One. That was the first time I ever played Street Fighter One on Wii. Like not on because there was an arcade that I played once way back when, but I was really young. Air Zonk. It was a it was a um, shoot 'em up where you're you're Bonk in the future, but you're flying around and shooting lightning bolts at people. Uh, Devil's Crush and Alien Crush were probably one of the we talked about them on our pinball patreon episode but those are some of the best like pinball i don't know like pencil pinball console games that weren't based on actual pinball games at the time like devil's crush is really good actually to the point that i actually bought devil's crush and alien crush on wii u just to have them playable because who knows when the fuck they're going to get released again if they ever do and choaniki which was actually a gift from john Was that uh those naked muscular guys that run around and shoot? Hey, you're stuff. good on Choney. You've got it on the Wii. I have it. No, I have it. But you bought it for me one year. It so, is. Yep. Through the thing. Oh yeah, and there was there was Virtual Console Arcade. That was a Wii thing. I have Space Harrier on there, where you use the you use the nunchuck as a virtual uh, joystick to move around. Like I thought that was really weird. And uh, yeah, and uh, some of my best memories were playing, like John was saying earlier. Uh, playing Sega games for the first time, like like Beyond Oasis, which I've talked about a bunch of times. I had a blast playing mm-hmm. that. Uh, Fantasy Star Four, like an incredible game. And at the time, uh, when the when this a lot of this came around, like I was a very very poor college student and had like no money. 
So I could basically go and give plasma for like 40 bucks and make enough money to buy money from all, buy food from Aldi and pay like $5 to get Fantasy Star 4. And then I'll just play that for a week, you know, and that'll keep me going or whatever. It, w- it was very important to me when I had like no money and I was like, well, I can afford like one virtual console game and maybe I can get like a really cool RPG that's like 20 or 30 hours and that'll keep me going for however, because I wasn't like working either, obviously, because it's broke. It's like buying the multi-pack of ramen noodles, you know, like and just saying, I'm going to live off this for the week. You know, that's how it was. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I am I totally did that with Fantasy Star 4. Like I did that exact thing. I either, I either gave Plasma or I used to do like, I used to do like a, the food testing thing or whatever, where they like pay you like 40 bucks to try sausage and say how good it is or whatever. Like that, I used to go to a bunch of like research groups and that sort of thing. And it's like you get like forty, sixty dollars. You go home, you buy food, and then you buy like a game for the week, and that's what that's how you get through. So yeah, I have a lot of great memories with Virtual Console, and I was you know I was pretty happy about uh, Super Mario sixty four whenever that was released again on there. And I remember them making making an event about uh was it um Christmas? Like at Christmas, they like released like Mario Brothers one like the first Christmas of the Wii and they made this whole event about it. So like you're saying about doing the weekly thing, they really, they really did that. Is there anything else either of you wanted to say about virtual console? Well, of course I got to mention Moto Heroes, which I always do. Um, so I'm going, I'm looking back isn't on that, it. Isn't that, a Wii, wa- isn't that a WiiWare game? It was a WiiWare game. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess you couldn't get it on. Well, um, it's still, I mean, whatever. It, it's still something that you can't get anymore. It's true. It's uh, it's dead. But yeah, no. As far as virtual console games go, I'm right there with you. I think my big, my big gripe is that I can't just pick and choose which ones I want anymore. And I liked that option. I mean, it, it's basically like what I said earlier about Harvest Moon '64. I bought it on Wii U just because I don't know when it's coming to Nintendo Switch Online, and I want to pay it. I want to play it now, so I'll yeah. put the money forth for it. And that's what was cool about that, where it's like, yeah, maybe you don't want to pay fifty dollars a year. Maybe you just want to buy a couple games for ten bucks and not have to continuously pay this amount for a year or whatever, you know, multiple years, and just play those games and always own them, quote unquote. So right, you're you're gonna lose them if you stop with the service. So it's you're back to square one of not having them again. And, and you know, as as a diehard Nintendo fan and as just a gamer or whatever, you know, I I know I've got my backup options always. I'm not gonna lose my core. Nintendo games, but it is kind of like as nice and robust as the Nintendo online services. It is kind of disappointing that it to know that if I stop paying my bill, I can't play any of that shit. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it's it's a it's a, what it's like a it's a little bit of a bad and good or whatever. It's like you get some more games that maybe maybe you wouldn't spend money on, but also if I were in my like early twenties right now, you know, the the prospect of paying for it would not be the same. I probably wouldn't want to have. I would just want to buy the games I wanted back like like when the Wii came out. I would have to wait till I got extra money for Christmas or something and then pay for it yeah. for the year and then just hope that I get that money again the next year. Like I was in really bad, really bad financial shape at that time. Like it was really, really, really fucked up. But uh, yeah, I think we said enough about it probably, right? We can just move on and say a couple news things and then wrap it up. News and news, news, news. Don't snooze or you miss the news. Yeah, so I think it's really two news things that I, I want to talk about. Well, there's one. Wait, uh, let's just so we, one that you want to talk about. I know. Yeah. Okay. I would say just the one that happened at the end of last episode. That's the only one I really want to talk about. I'm sure you know which that one it one is. It's, oh, yeah. You want to go ahead and talk about it? Go, go ahead. All right. So when, right when we stopped recording last week, 
there was an announcement that there's a, a toxic toxic crusaders game coming to uh switch which is uh i was like what a fucking, so random a fucking trauma related so thing like coming out of nowhere and like right after we right after we ended like i looked at my i looked at my twitter feed and boom toxic crusaders right there which was the animated cartoon of the toxic avenger which was a trauma trauma thing you know uh uh lloyd lloyd kaufman uh james gunn who's the head of dc now like uh was involved with trauma and, and all that shit like one of the first writing jobs uh <laughs> it was just kind of one of those things i'm like wait what toxic crusaders i think i have i have a toxic avenger slash crusaders game for genesis that i bought at mgc whatever a couple of years ago whenever i went there so there have been toxic crusader was, games before but this one looks much better there was one on nes and, and genesis nes and, I think and genesis on game boy i got the genesis well. one yeah well but th- and this is toxic crusader so it's based on the cartoon which cartoon. is kind of weird because I don't know. I kind of wish it was just based on trauma stuff. Like, can we have a four-player thing where we can play as uh, the Toxic Avenger and Sergeant Kabuki Man and like Dolphin so, Man and and I Mad think, Cowboy and like all these weird <laughs> creatures from Terraformer and all that? It'd be great. I think that's exactly what this is going to be. I think that yeah. they're using it as a springboard to to bring in all kinds of trauma stuff. Uh, I think they even confirmed that there's going to be cameos from other trauma characters in there. I hope so. Like yeah. actual, like, I, I mean, you probably have to pay the guy extra or something, but I want to see Toddster in there from just come out of nowhere from a, from a terror firmer. Just don't use your actual Magnum next to his uh, Sennheiser. Hey, now, hey, I know that though. Seriously, you got to be careful about that. You really can destroy your microphones if they're too close to, sh- to like full on shotgun blasts. Like seriously, you can also lose your hearing if you're recording a shotgun blast and not knowing about it. And I've been on shoots like that. So that is a real Monster! thing. I'm just saying it's a real thing that can happen. <laughs> Everything in Terraformer is a thing that can actually happen and that I've seen on movies. So. What is that in the road ahead? <laughs> I want Lloyd Kaufman to be a playable character in this game. Yeah, Lloyd should be in there. They should put, that would be awesome. They should put actually. Joe, uh, Joe Fleischaker in there too, which is he was the... You know, he's the bigger guy that was, he died like a few years ago, but you should have him in there. Like he played multiple trauma characters. Was he oh, the guy yeah. that ran around? Oh no, that was a different guy. Uh, no, Joe, uh, always, Joe, yeah, he, Joe was the guy who got eaten by the escalator in Terraformer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But he yep. was in like, he was in a bunch of trauma movies. Yeah. He, he was like, he, he did like a phone sex line in uh, Tromeo and Juliet and he was a uh, toxic Avengers uh, uh, partner, Lardass and toxic Avenger four. I just—I know he died a few years ago. It'd be cool to have like a little memento in there for him, or a little dedication. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, trauma characters you can have in there. Like, or if you want to get like more on the adult side, you can have like the vibrator and masturbator in there also, mm-hmm. uh, who were in Toxic Adventure Four, you know, and yeah, or, or put. I just want the penis monster from Tromeo. Oh yeah, the penis monster too. Well, yeah, penis monster was in. The killer condom. Oh yeah, was in was in uh, more than just that. Well, that was in Terraformer also. They, I mean, it's showed up after that, but or like put Lemmy in there. Lemmy was in a ton of uh, trauma movies, you know, from Motorhead. Like, uh, put yeah. him in there. He, I mean, he died too. So I mean, there's there's a big, there's a whole lot of people you can put in there. Or, or put put Debbie Rashawn in there. She's she's great. She's a great act, actor. Just put her in there somewhere. She's still alive, I think. She is still alive, but she did like so many. You know, she was in Terra from her Tromeo and Juliet. Like, uh, yeah, she was in multiple movies, and she's great. And she liked. Uh, I made a Terra from her shirt, and she liked it on Instagram once years ago. Nice, but yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah. There's all sorts of cool shit you could do in there. 
I'm very excited to play it. It's kind of just like came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, what? It's it's coming out sometime this year. No, no date specifically yet, but I'm buying that a hundred percent. No matter what it's, no matter what it costs, I'll buy it. I'll pay for it. And it looks like, um, it, it, it looks a lot like the cartoon. The design is is very uh, uh, eye catching and appealing, and and reminds me of course. I think a lot of people said uh, Shredder's Revenge looks like yeah. Shredder's Revenge. That's fine. That was a great game. Slap Toxic uh, 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 Crusaders onto Shredder's Revenge. I'll play that. Just throwing all kinds of trauma uh, cameos and, and nods and all that. I think that's going to be a great game. I'm excited to play it. Well, the other bit of news that I want to talk about was that. So nominations came out for the video game Hall of Fame. Did you guys see this? I did not. What is it? Is it kind of is it like sort of an annual thing like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where they add stuff? It is. Yeah. They, okay. They've been put out. They've been putting out for for a while now. Uh, I think you know Mario is in there, Tetris and all that. I hope um, so. This year's class of nominees is let's see. We have Quake, uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. So okay. not in alphabetical order. <laughs> I know. No. Age of Empires, uh, The Last of Us, GoldenEye 007, Wii Sports, Angry Birds, FIFA, uh, NBA 2K, Computer Space, and Wizardry. Wow. Oh, and, way and, back. Uh, we, we Barbie sp- Fashion Designer. We, we Sports and GoldenEye, right? I, I think you already said that. I think Computer Space, definitely. Holy shit, it's not in there. That's already. for sure. That, that's Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I've never even heard yeah. of computer space. That was the first it's, game ever. Yeah. That was the one that was uh, made on MIT. Yeah, turn into Space War or whatever. Like that yeah. was like a, a more like common like shareware thing that was played. But yeah, it was played on like the mainframe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Nolan Bushnell saw that at MIT and said, I want to make this into a coin op thing. And computer space was that coin op version. Mm-hmm. I thought the first game was like Odyssey. Or I guess that was like the first console. That was the first console. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were uh, running video games on the mainframes like as soon as it was possible, pretty much, it seems. The one that stood out to me was Barbie Fashion Designer, which I'd never heard of. I, I didn't remember that one. Never played but that I game. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> is it a CD-ROM game? It's yeah, a CD-ROM game from 1996, and apparently at some point it outsold Doom, and it got a lot of girls into video games. So Was it included with like... Maybe so. Model a PC or something, maybe. Did yeah, because they used to bundle like 30 mm-hmm. pieces of software with, with your PC. Yeah. And I think, especially like any, I, I would probably have played that when I was a kid. Like, if it was on there, like, it probably would have been an interesting game. Like, maybe it was sure. actually a good game. Yeah, people. Uh, um, I imagine you dressed up your Barbies and then you printed them and then maybe you could color them in with crayons or whatever. That sounds sounds like it, it was the original style savvy. Right? I think. Uh, Modern Warfare and Last of Us are still a little bit too on the new side. You know, at this point, Modern Warfare is what thirteen years old. I think you know, go by Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rules, which they say twenty five years from your first album. That that's when you got some real perspective and can talk about Hall of Fame. Stuff. I think Modern Warfare goes back to two thousand, like the release of the uh, the three sixty and the yeah. I think it goes back to like two thousand six. So it's I mean it's pretty old, but I I still don't want to give it props but it is almost 2007 2007 okay so it's yeah. 16 2007 so i mean that i don't know i mean the last was probably like hey they got they got a hit tv show now i take and, i take so, it halo's uh, already made it on there or something well yeah i mean halo was a launch Wait, game for yeah. xbox one the actual xbox one no you got to put computer space uh and you got to put 
golden eye on there of course Mike deserves a spot for being the first uh, 3D first person shooter, yep. I guess so. I mean, you mean Quake, not Goldeneye? Because it used because Quake used like actual three dimensions, right? Whereas it wasn't like a, a, a not ray casting or whatever it was called, but whatever the original. I mean, Quake was fully 3D, the first yeah, one. Yeah, like you could uh, like aim in 3D space. Yeah, you could aim up and down and jump. I don't know. There's some pretty good games on there. I think. So good luck to all the nominees. <laughs> Yeah, how, how do you vote on it? Like, uh, can you get a be on a committee or whatever? I don't know. You just have to prove that you've been in the gaming industry since computer space was originally developed, <laughs> and you're not dead. All right, let's let's talk. Let's just talk about these couple events that are happening, and then we can call it right. Sure. So there's a there's a Splatfest coming up um, next weekend, which is real. Nessie, aliens, or Bigfoot? I think uh, Bigfoot. I like this one. I think Bigfoot's probably going to get a. It's basically, the cri- it's, win. it's the cryptid you think? battle. I, 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 I think that Bigfoot has the has the best chance of being real. Right? I think aliens are going to win. No, aliens. There's a logical argument to be made. Why? Because because oh, the aliens. pyramids they were built by no, aliens no, 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 and not. I think and every, not every I think, definitely huge and one of the odds <laughs> that we're the only ones here. I think every culture is in- interested in extraterrestrials, whereas not yeah. everyone cares about Bigfoot or Nessie. You know, it's not part of their. I mean, I, I think Nessie's I probably going to get the least votes on these. I think Sky N- Nessie is a very like... specific area, right? It has to be around the Loch Ness or whatever, right, to care about Nessie. They should put Missy in there as well, the the Mississippi uh, monster that you see in Pilot Wing sixty four. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I think Aliens is gonna be the ho- highest chosen. That doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna win, but it probably will because everybody wants Aliens. Like I said, like everything about religion from the earliest recorded point in history is beings from the stars. You know, it's not like things popping out of the water <laughs> or like weird like apes running through the woods. You know, like chimpanzees or not chimpanzees, or orangutans look like humans when they walk. Like depending on like. They can really look like they were called people of the forest, I think is like the native, like, I wish I could remember exactly, but like what it, the name is based off of like the native word. And it was like, they look like people like when they're walking around. So maybe cultures like that would be interested in like, you know, having seen, but we're not seeing like Bigfoot's not a thing we see around here. It's a very American, not, it's a very American thing. Running around. Yeah. I forget that this is a, I mean, it's, you know, Splatoon is worldwide. It's like I don't think that people in Japan are talking about Bigfoot, really, or probably not Nessie either. Is, is I mean, I, hopefully all of you will jump back on to P- to uh, Splatoon three and play this. But if you were to come on, like, what would you? Who would you vote for? Aliens all across aliens. the way, or what? I mean, I'm all about aliens, but I kind of oh, damn it, but I love Urban Yeti so much. I kind of wanted to do to do Bigfoot just because you know my. My old upstairs, my well, he's you know he's younger than me. My upstairs neighbor, who's not here anymore, uh, Jason, he still lives. He just doesn't live in this apartment complex anymore. Was a huge fan of Bigfoot. Beware, so, I live. So whenever I think of uh, Sinistar, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whenever whenever I think of Jason, uh, I, whenever I think of Bigfoot, I think of Jason. So I do kind of want to throw down a vote for Bigfoot just because I know people who are very obsessed with Bigfoot. So. I'm like, you know, maybe Bigfoot. The first thing I thought was like, you know, Bigfoot's probably the one that exists out of all these, right? <laughs> you know, just because I know people who, who really follow it or whatever. But I think Nessie's probably going to get the, the least votes. So most of the time I want to get pick the one that has the least votes because then you have a better chance of 
playing one of the other sides. But I definitely want to jump on here and, and play this. And now that none of us are going to MGC, we can do that. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. Um, the other one is come. There's another event that's coming up this weekend. Uh, you can get the theme for Fire Emblem Engage for Tetris 99. It'll only take you about 40 minutes to get it. So do it. I'm going to do it just because I'm a collector of themes for Tetris 99. And that game is great and a lot of fun to play. It's going from the 24th to the 27th. And when you get done with Tetris 99, you can just be sad because it'll probably, because that'll be the end of Wii U and 3DS eShop right after that. You just like, they'll be like, all right, Tetris 99 is done. And now we're going to kill the eShop. Then you can start thinking about like the clock ticking down on Tetris 99. I'm actually surprised. 98, 97, 96. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting to have it be on the 27th because the 27th is like the ultimate chopping block of uh, 3DS and Wii U. It's also three cubed. Yes. But yeah, I think uh, we're good. Nobody wants to say anything else about news things that you forgot or whatever. Or wanted to say. Uh, that's okay. I think anything else I thought about talking about can be saved for next week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. And if you like the show and you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash podcast and you can listen to all of our bonus shows that we have on there. There's a good amount of them. You can listen to us talk about our favorite second players and all that. And you can also hear all of the music put together in a nice playlist at the end of every month as WART Radio. And also uh, go to youtube.com slash podcast. You can see whatever videos we post there. Go to twitch.tv slash podcast. I've been streaming every Monday. I'm going to try, try to stream stuff that has to go with the show. So maybe I'll do some virtual console stuff this Monday. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll play some more Switch stuff. Who knows? But come by and check that out. It'll be up around 11 or so. And you can find Jeremy and I on Twitter. It still exists at Nintendo underscore domain, and at jmaxstack. I saw somebody post being like, hey, I thought everybody went to Hive. What happened? And it's like, yeah, Hive uh, doesn't exist anymore, right? Twitter's still there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's still there. It's just questionable in its applications. I use it to find video game news, and that's a great thing. Functionally, it just doesn't it. work as well as it used to. I mean, anyone could agree. Sure. It's not as bad as Facebook, at least. Oh, fuck that. That's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. I'm there. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya!
coming in, oh, yeah, coming in with Ori in the Blind Forest, Escape the Ruins, right here on uh, Nintendo Main Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Sorry about the ruins. Sorry you can't escape them. Glad you're here still. 